Welcome to another episode of Good Old Sports, powered by our media company, RNA Media. I'm your host, Riley Pate. He's my best friend and co-host, Adrian Herndon, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. Yep, so um, a good weekend of football. Uh, kind of glad some things kind of got settled in certain areas, um, but it's a good weekend of football. Um Although we did have some have some surprising upsets uh, in the college world, we'll get to that uh, uh, a little later in the show. Um, but to kick it off, you know, we're going we start doing this different format of the show where we start with the NBA and kind of work our way, work our way backwards because usually the usually the NBA was the last thing we talked about. Uh, but I figured, you know, since my Lakers have been doing such a good job here lately, Th- that's really why you want this yeah, well, because the the Lakers are in the well, spotlight. Yeah, and uh, you don't have many teams to talk about in the NBA because, you know, the season's just kind of getting started. Things haven't started to heat up, per se, for uh, anybody, really. Uh, No, but there's some teams that are definitely out. Yeah. um, You can't really play your way in right now, but you can play your way out. Right. And uh, And there's some teams playing their way out. Yeah, just by how many losses Mm -hmm. they've had. But um yeah the Lakers are seem to be on a roll right now man. Uh AD putting up 55 points uh last night. I mean, he that he he was tagged as the first person to, to do that to have four, back 40 plus back-to-back games since Kobe did in uh 2013. Kobe. And since that happened, um I mean, we all love and you know love Kobe, but this AD is starting to play like the AD that they got the first year, that they had the first year. But that's what they have to do to win. Yeah. I, I said this a few weeks ago. For them to win, it's got to be AD's team, period. Yeah. I don't care who LeBron thinks he is or isn't. It's got to be AD's yeah. team. But, You've got to have uh, Westbrook contributing in a high clip. Mm-hmm. And LeBron just needs to kind of be there. Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, and, and see, that's kind of what it is at this point. I mean. But his contract. LeBron's yeah. does not lend itself to that kind of a player. Now, because of the contract, he can't be traded until August. So, I mean, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. But I still don't see where long-term, and by long-term, I mean past this season, you hold on to him. Why? Like, what's the point? Other than saying at this point, we have LeBron James on the roster. Well, I will say that he is a contributor to that offense. Um... But it's just like I said before. In order for LeBron to be LeBron, you know, uh, not one that's just flashy, you need point guards. And even he said this. As I said, we've talked about this on the show before. Is when uh, Rajon Rondo was with the Lakers back Mm in uh, 2019 2020 season, they moved the ball better because he was a field general. He knew yeah. the court. He knew how to call the plays, run the plays, and all this stuff. And LeBron said that he felt better when Rajon Rondo was on the court than him having to run point guard himself and run the plays. Because if you look at it, LeBron, if he's running the plays, he's not able to move around. He's not able to get open. He's not able to, you know, set himself like he will, like he wants to and able to, to score. But with a good point guard on the court, uh, he's able to move around. You know, you, you'll see more 
uh, plays in the paint, more you know the, the dunks, the alley oops, the threes, the, all mm-hmm. that. That LeBron you'll see when there's a good, solid or good point guard on the court, and we've seen that uh, here lately. And and uh, Russell Westbrook stepping into his role, and then um, uh, Schroeder coming off the bench as a point guard. So you have those guys in place for now for LeBron and AD to. Um, contribute at a higher rate and a better rate and then you know you have those guys as well that can that can shoot that can score and so you start we're starting to see that out of the Lakers they're running a smoother offense now we'll say this they're not the flashy caliber or type of players that we seen back in uh the 2019 2020 season you yeah. know their championship year uh they're but not can we just admit that that was a fluke year mm. They were good. I won't. Okay. The reason why I won't say that's a fluke year because a lot of people will bring up the bubble, right? And the reason why I won't do that is because the Lakers was going to win it whether COVID happened or not. Yeah, that year they were because the rest of the league just wasn't very. It wasn't up to their standard. Yeah. And so that's why I can't say that was a fluke season because they they were going to win it either way. No, what I mean by fluke, though, is that the, the gap. The talent gap between them and the rest of the league was a fluke that year, like because it didn't take a year, and then all of a sudden the league seemed to be back on their level. Yeah, I mean you think about that—they were playing what a young Miami Heat team with a hurt Bam Adebayo, you know, in the bubble for the championship yeah. series that year. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I mean not that they yeah. no asterisk there. You they did what they were supposed to do. They won. You know? Yeah. But I mean, it's that also can contributed. What contributed to that next year was who the Lakers let go of. You know who they had. But that's on LeBron. Well, no, I won't say that's oh. not that's not on Le, that's not on LeBron. Uh, you no, can't that's, cover LeBron. I know I'm not covering, but that's it's not on LeBron. It's LeBron's team. No, no, no. no. Rob Polinka doesn't exist. No, the no. owners aren't real. But no, LeBron's LeBron team. didn't. No, this is what I'm saying. LeBron did not. Have anything with the, to do with them letting go of Dwight Howard and JaVel McGee? He let it happen. That I mean, nothing happens without but LeBron's approval. But approved. that's the thing. That didn't have nothing to do with LeBron. But the he thing, approved but it. He didn't that's, approve it. He had to have. Nothing happens in LA without LeBron saying, no, "Okay, well, that's okay." The thing is, they wanted to JaVel McGee wanted. I think it, he wanted to get paid more. And the Lakers didn't want to pay him anymore. The White was out the door anyways. He was on a one-year contract. Yeah, he didn't want to be there. Like No, I mean, he did want to be there, but it's uh, you, it was a one-year contract. So it wasn't guaranteed that he'd stay another, they have him another year. JaVale McGee, I mean, you have to look at it. This is what happens after every championship team, uh, championship year with any team. You have those players, the players whose stock go up after they have a good season. Teams are going to be calling, knocking down their door, and blowing up their phones, offering them bigger deals. Well, and they that's, cash in, yeah. Yeah, and that's what Javale McGee did. He went to the Suns, had did had a good career with the okay, Suns. Okay, but the, the, you're the Lakers. You can cough up the money. Money is not an issue. Okay, well, say that about Golden State. I agree. But, but, but I think that there's some stuff with Golden yeah. State that they let happen that they shouldn't let happen. But the but the thing is. It was an underestimate of how important those two guys were to that Lakers defense. 
Um, because after that, we seen Lakers defense drop because you didn't have those big guys in the middle who were getting the rebounds, who were blocking the shots, who were, you know, who played good defense. Also, excuse me. Also outside of the paint. And so you've seen that go down that year after they let those guys walk. They could have kept JaVale McGee, but that was strictly on the front office. I mean, LeBron didn't have a oh, place. That's all, uh, no. No, Le, I, LeBron I, is the front office. No. I, yes, he is. I won't Rob say that. Rob Link is a puppet. I won't say that. I who won't gets say that. paid to do nothing, and LeBron's the real GM, and LeBron's the real owner, and we just need to hand the key to the city to LeBron. I'm, it, it, that's the reality. He gets to trade, he gets to sign, he gets to say who stays, who goes, he fires coaches everywhere he's at. That's my the Lakers are a likable team. Like I, I like the way they play basketball. But the problem is that you're holding on to a guy who's controlling the destiny of your franchise right now. He's in the driver's seat. And he is deciding who stays and who goes and he's getting all of this money. And I, I just wish that some somewhere along the line, some NBA team that LeBron James plays for would stand up to him and say, "You know what? That's enough. We're gonna we're going to build our team. You can stay, but you're not in charge. You don't have any say over the the coaching staff. You don't have any say over the roster. You don't have any. You're just a player. You do your thing." Contribute, but see, that's you know, that's the thing is points. there's no more coaches out there. Uh, owners don't do that anymore. They're not standing up to the players, and there's no more coaches that's really standing up to the players. And so as long as that's going to happen, there, I mean, it's going to be that way. But I could said he this. play for Greg Popovich? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he he could play for Greg Popovich. He you could. think him and Pop would get into it? Oh, no, there would be an understanding. But see, that's the thing. He could play for Greg. He could He could play for... No, nah, I don't think he'd play for Phil. Um, cause, cause Phil. I think that's the whole reason Phil didn't come back. I think I think Phil would have come back again. But yeah, well, I think... Phil didn't want to come back as a coach. Phil was coming back as a consultant. But I, and his first yeah. staying, yeah. And as far as, as what we knew, he said, dump LeBron yeah. and move on. And they didn't listen. Yeah, well, yeah. And LeBron didn't like that. Um, but... I mean, as far as getting rid rid of JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard, that was out of his control. Now, signing, um, who's it, Carmelo Anthony? That was uh, choice. That was yeah, that was part of his doing. Um, Russell Westbrook, who he now wants yeah. on, or at one point wanted yeah. on, maybe and, not now, and some other guys that was there, but those two were the main ones. The other two, the others that were brought in was was off of the front office, but he he handpicked those two, uh, and we see Carmelo Anthony did not pan out. Nope. Um, Westbrook is starting to shape out uh, because I, he finally found a role. Yeah, like I feel like he's well, and, and into you his own. and you look at who the those years who the uh, head coach was, you know, and Frank Vogel. Mm-hmm. Things are kind of going stale with with Frank Vogel. And I think he didn't know where to put Westbrook or how to use Westbrook yeah. based off the kind of offense that he wanted to run. You look at, so, Frank Vogel ran a very high, up-tempo offense, you know, uh, that was a fly offense, you know, 
what do you call it? A uh, it's fast offense. What do you call fast it? Fast break. Yes, fast break offense. Um, but you look at Darvin Ham. It's slower. It's more put together. It's not rushed. And so that's what and you're starting to see that with Westbrook. So I think he's he's gotten it to where you know he's putting the pieces together because like I said, it's still not fully in form. That Lakers team and offense is not in full form yet. It's, there's still some nicks in it, and you know all these things. But but when you watch them, you're starting to see a playoff team. Exactly, like you, and you, so you that's, see a team that can make the playoffs. But and that's the scary thing is because they're you're seeing this team now. But to me, I'm looking at it like okay, that's there's there's still some things that could be worked on, but. Obviously, they're starting to be a scary team yeah. again. Um, and just how they run that offense. Uh, defense is starting to get uh, a little bit better. It's not what they had. Like I said, it's not what they had in 2019, 2020 season. It's not what they had. And I'm not going, that's not what I'm expecting. But I'm expecting expecting something more solid. And so it's starting to get there. And, you know, you give your props to Darvin Ham. Yes. Because. He started. I, I thought that was a bad hire. I didn't. Yeah, see from that the beginning, because it looked bad. Yeah, you know, five in a row. Yeah, losses five in, five losses in a row. He's like, okay, now was this a good choice? But here lately, you're starting to see that offense click. You start to see that defense be more aggressive. Um, AD is starting to, and this is the thing: Lakers win when AD have a forty plus night game uh, point game. Lakers yeah. win. Um, LeBron only had twenty nine last night. Uh, yesterday, he had twenty nine. So, but that's where he's at. Yeah, like it's okay for him just to be contributing players. But you see, yeah, and I have no problem with that. I have a problem with that because of his contract. I think you're paying him too him much, too much to be back. a. But yeah. a lot of what LeBron's contract is is just tied to his name and his likeness, right? And the tickets he's selling. Yeah, and, and so all that. I understand. The, yeah, and so th- listen. I'm fine with LeBron. This is where I'm fine. This is why I'm fine with it. Because I said last week that LeBron is more about show, right? Yeah. And so with him being just a contributor to that offense, you know, he's not the the big part of it. He can do that. He can have the show and he can contribute without doing too much. And hurting the team. Exactly. And so that's what we're starting to see. That's where LeBron is in his, in his career. I said it before. LeBron James did come to L.A. He wanted to win championships, but he came to L.A. to relax, to retire. When you, I mean, it's the it's it's not the Sunshine State like Florida, but it's a it's 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 just a place where you just come to just relax, kind of just let go, and that's what LeBron came to the Lakers to do. And that's when AD came in, he told him, "This is going to be your team," and so we're starting to see that AD, that Anthony Davis. Um, it's like watching a kid grow up because he didn't do this, uh, and with the Pelicans because he didn't have a no. solid team yeah. around him, right? He didn't have guys that could back him up. That, that was a bad situation for him over there. Yeah, so he didn't have guys that would back him up. With the Lakers, he have guys that's going to back him up. So he's able to be to he he's growing each each season. Now he had a bad season last year, but you're starting to see that growth. You're starting to see, um. Uh, who he truly could be uh, as a player in the NBA this season, you know, because he's he's pretty much kind of shut everybody up, 
You know, he shut he shut down the uh the trade talk. Uh he shut that up. Yeah. No, um bust, bad signing. He he shut that all down. I mean, he's playing like a true uh Anthony Davis, a true uh center, whatever he is, he's he's putting forth the effort to show like y'all need me. Mm-hmm. And I think it'd be very foolish if the Lakers ever signed or traded him or let him go. It'd be foolish of them to do so. Because when like I said before, when Anthony Davis has a forty plus point night, the Lakers win. And last yeah. night he he put up fifty five. Um he had a double double and they won big. I mean, they dominated last night. Now, of course, it was the Washington Wizards, but... But to me, the bigger statement was the win before that against uh, oh, yeah. Milwaukee. The, yeah, Milwaukee. That's why I want to get on here, because uh, I want to talk about that. I'm glad you brought that up. It's because that was a statement win for the Lakers. You, you, yeah. They're coming in, you're, you're 8-12, and 12, and they're 15 and... Was it... Was it it's something in 5. It was, look, look it I up. think it was 15 and 5 before that game. Yeah, it's fifteen. I want to say it was fifteen and five, but either way, you're coming into that game. You're clearly an underdog, but you're an underdog that's on a roll, that's on fire, and so everybody's looking to okay now. Are they going to be able to keep this roll going? Because you know this is uh, this is Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Bucks who just won a championship uh, two seasons ago. Yeah, they were fifteen and five because they're sixteen and six now. Yeah, and so you're looking at. You know, okay, man, Giannis is about to wreck shop. You know, Giannis is about to take it to him. How are they going to stop Giannis? The Greek freak. Yes, and and, and that's a true concern. You know, yeah. that's not, nothing you take lightly. Giannis is a player. Yeah. Giannis I mean, is a darn good what do you, I mean, and what do you expect from a guy that was trained by one of the greatest in Kobe, Kobe Bryant? Yeah. You know? Um, and that's another thing. Just here shortly, just to pop this in there just real quick. A lot of the guys that you see there are... On fire, like Jason Tatum, uh, Giannis, Devin Booker, uh, Damian uh, Damian Lillard, Lillard. Yeah. Uh, and some other guys. These guys were trained. They sat under Kobe after Kobe retired. Yeah. And they learned from Kobe. They were trained by him. And I think that's where we forget Kobe did a lot for basketball even when he left. Yeah. Like, I'll he didn't just leave the NBA and say, oh, well... Yeah. That was fun. Like, he continued to cr- contribute to the on-the-court game. Right. You know, he wasn't an analyst. He wasn't this. He wasn't that. But he continued to contribute, even at the, the younger level, you know, with the AAU team that he had with his yeah. daughter. And, I mean, that was what made Kobe Bryant great. Yeah. And, you know, that's not that's not talked about. That Kobe's not talked about. No. The retirement Kobe was probably greater than the basketball Kobe. As far as his overall contribution to the yeah. game, yeah, and he he like you said he contributed on and off the court. Um, I, even when he was on the court, he still contributed, you yes. know, to the outside uh, other world of basketball. But those guys were trained by Kobe, so the the Greek freak is not any anything or anyone to take lightly. No, um, you coming into their house. You know, yeah. To go into Milwaukee, you got to play the Greek freak on any, any given night. Can take over and dominate exactly. A and, game. and and it was dubbed an atm- uh, playoff atmosphere because, like I said, you're in his house. The crowd is is the the fans are crazy, it, and you come in and 
really nearly dominated the whole game. And that felt like one of those games that we're gonna we could look back on and say that was their statement. Yeah, that, that kind of got them a, a playoff type. Yeah, caliber uh, basketball team because now you know okay that's the best. Yeah, like that that's one of the best teams in basketball. We went into their house. Their fans went toe to toe. We beat them. Yeah, you know we 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 kept Giannis at bay. You're not going to shut him down. Right. You're going to control him. Right. We controlled him. We shut everybody else down. We did what we had to do. Uh, and, and so you you left that game going, hey, the Lakers have a chance. The West is down. Yeah. It's not like they have this big you know field of competition in front of them. Right. Golden State doesn't look like they're going to get it together this year. Yeah, you know so. Now they're looking all of a sudden, and and now it's not who are we selling, it's maybe who are we going to bring in. Yeah. Uh, and it's not going to be, in my opinion, a LeBron edition. I think you have to go to AD and you have to go to Westbrook and say who yeah. y'all want, well, and who that's, works best for you, and that's what's gonna and that's what's gonna happen. So it's been in talks that there is a trade that could be happening. Um, like I said before, I I, I don't know if AD is a part of that trade talk. Um, I had to look more into that, but there's a trade talk that's it, that's happened with, between Rob Lincoln and whoever else. But I think they do trade a couple of pieces. I don't, however, I don't think the way AD's playing, he's not going to be in that trade talk. Um, the the only way you trade him or Westbrook at this point is if they think that the win in Milwaukee was just a, a yeah a, an oblimate, you know, a, an anomaly. And we're really not a competitive basketball team. I mean, and, but if and, you really think you've got a shot at the West or in a playoff spot to go make a run, you have to keep those guys. Yeah. So that's going to, to me, signal what does the front office think about where this team's at. Do they think that they're legitimate contenders? Or do they think, hey, that's an anomaly. We had a good game in Milwaukee. But for the betterment of the future of the franchise, we're going to go make this trade. Well, and, and you look at how Westbrook played that night. Westbrook had... I don't know how many points, but I know for sure he had some buzzer beaters. I mean, Westbrook was the star of that arena, and he wasn't even at home. Right. <laughs> and that's the crazy and part. And he had the Greek freak right there. Yeah, in his face. And so, Westbrook, and then you had AD putting up 44, LeBron putting up uh, 30 plus. Um, and then you had uh, Lonnie Walker, Lonnie Skywalker. You know, you had him. This guy, so these are contributions and add-ons to this team that are starting to work out. I don't see, honestly, I don't see why trades should happen. I know there are trades about, uh, there are talks about them going to get DeMar DeRozan. I think that's way overdue. I don't see that being a good trade or a good contribution because, simply because they had a chance to get him at one point and they yeah, didn't. they I think should have gotten him then. Yeah, I don't think it'll be all good to get him now because you don't know how... Well, he plays no, now, and it's and you can't bring Kyrie into this. No, because that's just a lot of extra baggage that's not necessary, right? And uh, you're not bringing Durant in. You're not gonna Golden State. I don't see them trading uh, any of their pieces. Yeah, I mean, e- even at this point, uh, I, I don't. I see, just don't see it happening. Me neither. I mean, Draymond. Draymond might. He's got now, that kind of mentality. Now, that would be a good yeah, addition. Now that there you go. You Draymond would be a great addition because he has that physical, he has that yeah, defense. That That's, mentality, but I don't think that they would trade within the conference. I, I just don't it know make that sense. that would happen. It would not make sense. And so this is where, this is this is my statement on this. 
And it's a Kobe statement. Before he passed, Kobe told told them, you guys don't need to do anything. You have a championship caliber team. You don't need to trade anybody. You need to keep the team that you have. The Lakers right now, they have a champ. Uh, I won't say championship, but a playoff caliber team. That uh, could be dangerous. Yes. Because if you can go into Milwaukee and dominate like that, you could go anywhere on the road and win a ball game. Yeah. Like, and, and so when you do that, I think, uh, like you said, Draymond Green would be a good add, I don't, even though I don't see it happening right now. But I, I think that could be. Yeah. Maybe that's something, you know, because last year of his contract, maybe that's the destination that yeah. he goes, depending on what the roster looks like at that point. Yeah. But Lakers have some expendable uh, pieces on that roster uh, that they could move just to be able to get him. But they'll have to give up a draft, a first round, I'm sure of it. Um, and that's to even get the Rosen. Rosen. Uh, but if they were to get him. But I, I, I say they don't need, they don't need to sign another big name. Uh, I say you sign someone who can, who's a contributor, who can come in that's good at, that's a good scorer, you know, yeah. off the bench. Uh, you know, they can come in and kind of help seal the games. Um, I don't think they need another big name on that team. Mm-mm. I mean, they have enough. You have LeBron. I think you're asking for trouble. Exactly. Yeah. You you when you have LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook. Um, you have just those three. Just just leave it at those three. That's more than enough. Your plate is full. Yeah, and you got your dessert on the side with the <laughs> with Austin Reeves, uh, Kendrick Nunn, and uh, Skywalker, Troy, uh, Thomas Bryant. They they've got a lot of good support pieces there. Yeah, uh, and in true, place. Yeah, and so the Lakers could do little to nothing and still be good this season and still make the playoffs and be a. a a great a threat. Yeah, a, a great yeah, a great threat. And so, to say all that, I think you know, will LeBron be on the team? LeBron is he's contributing. AD is starting to step out and shine. Uh, Westbrook is coming into form. Um, keep that momentum. Keep that stride. I think you know we'll be looking. We're starting to see a different Lakers team. We'll see a different Lakers team by um, by next year. You know when crunch time hits. So before we move on from the NBA. The Mavericks. I really thought this was going to be the year. Not maybe not a championship year, but that they they would get in there, they'd make the playoffs. You got Luca. You are wasting Luca's career. You are the best years of Luca Doncic are going to yeah. go right down the drain and, and because you, you refused you. to go get a complimentary piece. And you know what happened? I said it. I said it again. It happened when they traded Porzingis. Yeah, because that was your big guy. He's a scorer. I didn't understand that move. I mean, it, it didn't help you. He wasn't hurting you. He was that kind of complimentary piece for yeah. Luca. And then you trade him, and then you got rid of uh, Seth Curry. I mean, you, you got rid of all these guys. And these are the guys that could, I mean, y'all were soaking in a championship, and you just said, yeah. you know what, boom, boom. Yeah, let's get rid of him. And you and, didn't replace him with anybody. That no. was what, because when... You got Red Porzingis, I'm thinking, okay, now who who are you in talks with to bring in? Maybe yeah. you're clearing up some space. Nobody. Yeah. Nothing. You Not gotta go with Seth, Seth Curry, who's a shooter. Like his, yeah. He's not as good as his brother, but he's still... But uh, he's a darn good basketball yes, player. Yes, very. I mean, he, he's a great, big contributor to a team. Yeah. On that part, and you didn't get anybody to, to replace him either, you know? So, yeah. I remember when that trade, those trades happened. 
And it was like, who won the trade? I said, sure, not the Mavericks. No, they didn't get they, anything no, in return. They 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 lost it by hundreds of yards. You know, that race was gone. But the Mavericks, I mean, it's like you said, they have to get pieces in place that's going to complement. If any good basketball player, no one just ever really did it by themselves. They had other guys. Now these guys may not have been in the spotlight like like a Jordan or a Kobe or Magic or Magic or uh, Bird, Larry but Bird, they yeah. they were very uh, pivotal in their success. Yeah, you know, Jordan wouldn't be who Jordan is if he didn't have a uh, Scotty or Dennis. Yeah, you know, Kobe wouldn't be Kobe if he didn't have a uh, Shaq, Shaq. You know, and so you or Derek Fisher. You know, and Kobe famously has said. You know, me and Shaq should have put aside our differences that first time. We would have had four or five more rings. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, and LeBron wouldn't be LeBron without um, D. Wade and Chris Bosh. But Bosch. the problem is LeBron won't admit that. Yeah, At least the other ones admit it. Yeah. Um, but it's the truth. He wouldn't. Uh, Ray Allen. Yeah. And all these guys. Kyrie even in Cleveland that yeah. year. I mean, he Kyrie and Kevin Love. Yeah. You know? And so, every good or great basketball player had other guys around them. May not have been the spotlight, but these guys were pivotal in their success and their success as a team. And Mavericks have to realize that um, Mark Cuba has to realize, listen, if you want to win a championship, and you haven't won one in over 10 years. Yeah. If you want to win a championship, you got to build around your best player. Yeah, you have to. You're leaving Luca out in the open. You got Luca, and then it's like nobody. He's yeah. exposed every single night because it's let's guard him, and that's it. That's it. Let everybody else shoot. Well, they got Devin Booker and the Suns tonight. I know that because yeah. of some other stuff that we're going to talk about here uh, soon or next rather. Uh, well, they got the the Mavericks. Have, it's the Mavericks and the Suns tonight. So yeah, in Dallas, in Dallas, and so you have to. Man, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, you're sitting at 500, 11 and 11. Yeah, so, and, and the Suns are on fire. Devin Booker just put up, what, 51 in one yeah. quarter. I mean, almost, golly, man. Devin Booker. One a, half, I mean. Uh, Devin Booker's a great player. He he is a shooter. And uh, people talk about Steph Curry. I get that. But you have these other cats. You have Jason Tatum. You have. Devin Booker, these guys can shoot. Curry still gets the publicity because Curry started it. Yeah. He ushered in that era of basketball that I still maintain is bad. <laughs> but he did it. Yeah. He was the guy, he was the first one that would just hang out at the half court and, you know, drop a three like it was no tomorrow. Yeah. He would intentionally back up, you know, just to make a shot. I mean, he did all of that. He he ushered in that style of basketball. That everybody decided we're going to replicate, you know, the Devin Bookers, the Jason Tams, guys like that, <clears throat> looked and said, we want to try and replicate that. Now, the problem is that there have been guys who have tried to replicate that can't do it. Right. Like, And it's made for some really bad basketball because everybody now thinks, so oh, we're going to just shoot the ball. I.e. the big guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ben Simmons. Whoa. Yeah, well. Whoa. I don't want to get on that. That That is a mess over in Brooklyn, it, man. It, it might hurt his feelings. He may decide he doesn't want to play anymore. He said out it, another two years. I just said that his back started hurting. He took <laughs> a little twinge. But, you know, that's you're right. Everybody wants to be a shooter, and they're not shooters. 
And that's where I think Lakers have got a steal in Thomas Bryant because Thomas Bryant plays like a true big man. He's physical in the paint, and he ain't scared to go toe-in-toe with you. That's what they need. But you have a lot of big guys that are coming out that have, you know, came out uh, of high school into college or college into the NBA who you don't see them as dominant no more in the paint. You don't see them dominant in the paint no more like Shaq or... Uh, uh, um, Charles Barkley. Charles, yeah. Charles, yeah, Charles Barkley. Um, Dwight Howard. You know, you don't see that anymore. Shaquille O'Neal probably would not be a household name in this NBA. Because no. he wouldn't be utilized correctly. No. Charles Barkley would not be... At all. Now, Michael would because Michael would just shoot threes. Like, in today's NBA, he would just drain threes. Yeah. Like, he'll just sit there. He could live there on that on that line all day. Yeah, he wouldn't have to drive to the basket and do all the things he did back then. No. Uh, Isaiah Thomas would probably just drain threes. Larry Bird would still drain a three. Yeah. Magic. You know, so there's some of them that would still be okay. But then you, you start looking back at some of these guys that we, you know, oh, that's a great basketball player. Yeah. But with the way that it's fashioned today, they wouldn't yeah, they, they wouldn't be household yeah. names. No. They could make it. They just wouldn't. I, I, just the way it's shaped now in today's uh, Shaq basketball would have world. trouble because Shaq couldn't shoot. Yeah. I mean, it, unless he was in the paint, Shaq wouldn't shoot. Well, so, speaking of Shaq, and, and someone that's that's been compared to Shaq is Zion Williamson. Yeah. And so... Because, you know, he, just like Shaq, he's dominant in the paint, he's big, athletic, but he can't shoot. But, okay, so here's my argument. If you're New Orleans, build around him. Is it? Like, like, tailor your offense to that. Quit trying to be the rest of the league. Use that guy. Exactly. Because that guy could still be a championship caliber basketball player. He would be different <laughs> than the others. Exactly. Because of his style of play. But that's that's not any less of a championship caliber style than a Steph Curry or, or somebody like that. Yeah, and and, what, and they're doing somewhat good right now. But if you're not careful, you're going to end up wasting wasting away those careers. <clears throat> I mean, you look at who they have: Lonzo Ball, who is coming yeah. into his own. You have uh, Brandon Ingram. Uh, that's a good basketball team. Yeah. But what I mean is, you just kind of make sure. That you don't try and make Zion somebody he's not. Exactly. Just for the sake of keeping up with the, the rest of the league. Right. But you know, but that's the point that I'm making. You have these guys, you have pieces around them that you know that could support him. You yeah. know? But I come on, man. You have a Zion Williamson. A baby Shaq is what they call him. Now that ain't nothing to take lightly. Yeah. And, and you got you have to. You have to. At this point, it's crucial because, like I said, you don't want to waste anybody's careers because you want to be, like you said, like everybody else. Or you want to try and fit a mold that isn't necessarily the mold that your team fits into. For the Pelicans, um, they have what it takes to be a very dominant team. Uh, a, a force to be reckoned with at that. But it's going to take how, it's just going to take how they see and uh, Zion Williams and how they're go- and how they're going to use him. I, you have a once in a lifetime type of player in this era of basketball. Yes, you know in this era, um, and so man, you got to use that. But this is where basketball has come to. Yeah, and you know this is it, it's it's like it's a li- it's a lot more softer as opposed to the eighties and the nineties type. Oh yeah, you know they played hard and rough. Um, but it's a it's, this league is is dominated by a lot more rules. 
the the bad boy Pistons would not exist in this NBA. No, they'd be Bill and out. all them could not be beating up on people under the goal. No, like assaulting you. But you're talking about the Pistons. Not even that, but the the Pistons with that had Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace. Yeah, those guys played rough. And then um, Darvin Ham was on that team. Um, so I mean, and then okay, go back to. Not just them, but the Indiana Pacers, but Ron yeah. Artest and those guys. They wouldn't make it. They'd be no. kicked out. That'd be it. Yeah. And they were good players. You know, championship, the Pistons championship team players. But but Zion is starting to kind of recall some of that kind of basketball. Yeah, and that's good for people, you know. Who like that yeah. style, which is me. I yeah. prefer that. Yeah. I don't like this free-flow you know, everybody gets to shoot. Nobody's going to play defense. Yeah. And see, that's yeah. what sets LeBron apart from a guy like Zion. It's just LeBron can drive the paint. But reasons why LeBron doesn't get touched is because of his size. It's not just because of his play. It's because it's his size. Yeah. And nobody, you see LeBron, a 6'8", 6'9", 200 plus, 30 plus pound guy driving the lane. You're not going to get away of that. Right. You know? And as, as as athletic as he is. That's why LeBron, no one touches him. But the thing with LeBron is, if anybody does touch him, he he goes down and he wants to sit on the court and have his yeah. hands up and be like, what? You know, get up. Go play basketball. Just play. You're okay. Rub some dirt on it, you know. So that's kind of the state of the NBA. Yeah. Lakers are starting to shape up. Zion's out there. New Orleans is playing pretty well. But, you know, just stay within yourself. Be who you are. Mavs have got to get it together, building around Luka. Don't want to waste that career. Yeah, I think Golden State's windows closed. I, I mean, I, unless they just really pull one out of their hats, uh, <laughs> it's just not a great basketball team anymore. Yeah. It's, 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 it's no, really not. They pulled one out last year for a championship. Yeah, that that core group got one more out of the deal, uh, and then probably not going to happen this year. Yeah. All right. Moving on to high school, Harmony's dream postseason run continues. They upset the Newton Eagles at SFA this past week. Uh, Going to be honest, I didn't see this coming. I thought that Newton would be able to throw the ball on them. I did too. And they were. Man, you know what? I Now, Newton wasn't a great team. No. Newton was who they were because of their past reputation. Uh, after seeing them play, they didn't pass the eye test for me. Uh, I've you know, coached against Newton. I've seen much better teams from Newton. Uh, but I thought, hey, in this region, everybody's kind of down. I, I thought they could still do it. And Harmony proved otherwise. Yeah. They, they've got lightning in a bottle right now. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? And to, to say this about Harmony, well done. I mean, I hopefully they go on this week to beat uh, Poth or Poth. 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 I, I figured it was At Poth. At Fair. Yeah. Got to go all the way to Cy Fair. Where is that? Houston. Ooh. Four-hour drive. Harmony uh, canceled school Friday so that everybody could go. Makes sense. And it's Christmas. It's coming up, so. Yeah. I mean, they were all going to go anyways. Yeah. <laughs> and they get out early next week if they make it to the state. Yeah. yeah. But Harmony, I mean, come on. If you look at the teams that are still in the playoffs from each, uh, from each uh, region. region, not this region, but district, yeah, or division, whatever division, you want to call yeah. it, it's you see thirteen and those, fourteen and those, thirteen and one, four, four. 
And you then see you got uh, Harmony at ten and four. Yeah, or nine and five. Oh, no, they're ten and four now. Oh well, yeah, well, yeah. No, it's it, nine and five. No, they they lost their first four games. It said nine and five on Max Press. Max Press. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. Nine yeah. and five, not ten and four. Yeah, but nine because they f- lost to Dangerfield. That's right. Yeah, in district. So, um, nine and five. You have everybody that's like one loss, no loss teams, and then you have Harmony sitting in a nine to five, getting going into the semifinals. Okay, and let me interject something. Got I gotta put this out there. Oh, you got some? Is it a grievance? I have a grievance. Okay, an axe to grind. All right. Before all you bozos want to make Jeremy Jenkins the coach of the year, they're going back to a running style offense. Yeah. Now they may be doing it out of the gun, but they're still heavy in the running game. Say what you want to. You could have stayed the wing team and done the same dang thing. You'd still run the quarterback keep, which is all he's doing. Boston Seahorn to the left, Boston Seahorn to the right, Boston Seahorn up the middle. Every time, every once in a while, hand it off to the back. You know, let him get some yardage. But it's the Boston Seahorn show. Yeah. Everybody wants to... Jeremy Jenkins is taking advantage of what was there when he took the job. Mm-hmm. And he is taking advantage of the fact that, at least for this season, Harmony was able to catch up to the rest of the region. Right. Well, and and so remember we talked about this uh, a while back, is when you have those coaches who come in and feed off of the other coach's success and what yes. the other coach put in, the work that he put in into the players, the mentality. Over 10 years. Yes. And so you have this coach that comes in and he's reaping the harvest. You know, he's reaping the benefits of it. And for Harmony. And they, oh, by the way, the defensive coordinator had to stay because transactions happened so late in the year he couldn't go. Yeah. So then Jenkins had, and this is true inside information. Jenkins had replaced him as the defensive coordinator, right? Brought in his own guy. Replaces the former defensive coordinator. The first four games of the year are an absolute disaster. And then he has to replace the guy he brought in with the guy who was already there. So don't tell me that the previous staff wasn't already in place. So you're obviously connected to this a, a, a lot uh, deeper than anything uh, than I am. But, I mean... Same defense, yeah. by the way. Same concepts, same coverages, but, same everything. But Harmony just, I mean, they, it's not, I'm not saying they lucked up, but you... you they you, caught lightning in a bottle. Yeah, and, they, and they did. you got a district when the district was down, other than Dangerfield... And that's not now. Now, granted, that's not a terrible football team. I thought that they had every chance to be competitive. Um, Jenkins tried to run his stuff early in the year. That was a terrible yeah. disaster. He had some run-ins with some higher ups, and then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, they're going back to some of the old concepts. Yeah, and the way that that, that things used to be done there. And it's not to take away from the players. I just want some. Uh, respect to be given to people whose blood, sweat, and tears brought this program to where it is today. 
Yeah, well, that's too, that's that's fair. That's fair. I mean, you're you're talking about uh, who tw- a guy who twice came into a situation where they they were on the verge of being in the playoffs, weren't in the playoffs. He comes in, he makes the playoffs, takes them in. He gets a better coach. Russell got a better job at Pine Tree. Goes and tries his thing out there. Uh, leaves there. He's an assistant at Gilmer, and. Just as two days are getting started, Harmony has to fire their coach uh, for, you know, DWI. Just as two days are getting started, he comes in and literally, here's how he chose his running back, quarterback, and center. Who could snap the ball, who could take the snap, and who could handle the handoff. That's how bad it was. He goes one and nine. His offseason motto that year was bring it. Okay, for a team that went one and nine. Very next year he goes nine and one. That's how you rebuild a program, and I mean from that point forward, winning was the expectation. Mm-hmm. You know, he he brought that expectation to Harmony. But see, when you this is where you get into the hometown, the people that are the hometown, the community. A lot, a lot of the times in the community, in the community, you have coaches like that will come in and they'll change the whole. Uh, Outlook the whole just progression of that team and the hometown they'll love it at first, but this is the thing about about that is people will start to see that okay this is getting old and then that's where the disrespect comes in you know yeah that's where the disrespect comes in that's where the ungratefulness comes in and so when you get this new coach that comes in and they're winning and you, they he's he's taking this team to where they are now. And they're gonna, they forget, some of them forget all about what happened, what the other coach did. And really, it's the other coach's progress, you know? Yeah. Um, but they forget about that. And and that's where that disrespect sets in, and you become ungrateful for what that coach did. But We're talking about a school who averaged 60 points a game, set a state record for largest margin yeah. between them and the whole region. And people were griping about the offense. Yeah. Because it wasn't flashy enough. Well, and, and if you look at it, man, even this year, it's not even flashy. What's flashy about it is, is, Bo- is Boston Seahorn. Yeah. Uh, now, Harmony, they have some big guys up front. They have a big back. Yes. I mean, that's a American, big kid. That, that joker. I mean, he, he's, he's, he's almost as big as, uh, um, not as tall, but almost as big as uh, the linebacker that they Braxton. have. Over there, Braxton. Yeah. And so... Harmony, like I said, they they got ended up in a district that was down. I mean, you had Legion Fields, usually a good team. Mm-hmm. They were down. That was the worst Legion Fields I've yeah. ever seen. Wascom was down after uh, Keeling leaves and takes some athletes with him, Clint, and the whole coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, who else? Um, yeah, Diana. Diana. Well, Josh yeah. Awful. You had Queen Spr- City. Queen City and Hugh Springs. And then you had Dangerfield. And Dangerfield, who you lost to by thirty at home. Yeah, and so. The thing is, Harmony has a good team, and they, and this coach hasn't figured out what's worked. He went back to what worked to an extent. I mean, yeah. not straight in the team, but but it's it's mostly from watching their highlight clips and, and some film. It's mostly Boston Seahorn now. Kid's um, athletic. Yeah, he, I mean, I didn't I didn't know now, he was fast now as he if was. They, now, if they asked him to throw it thirty times a game, that'd he's be not going to do it. Yeah, no, he's not going to be able to do it. Doesn't have that kind of arm. 
I trust it, it, trust me. Yeah, it, it it's been there, seen that it was a disaster. If, if they do that, it's going to be that uh, dink and dunk type of offense. Yes, you know, uh, and they're going to use the tight ends and running back for that. I yeah, mean, but it's not five wide aired out. No, hope for the best. No, and you're not Dangerfield. <laughs> yeah, but. And, and, and to go back to Dangerfield, and Grant, I'm not anti harm I just wanted to bring some perspective. Yeah, to, to what on. that team is. Um, now, now let's let's. I want to go back to Dangerfield for here for a second. Oh, they should be kicking them. Yeah. Uh, well, th- that coaching staff should be kicking themselves. In that coaching team. staff should be gone. Yeah. Let's just be because honest. that that's when bad. you when you have a t- because Dangerfield, in all reality. I think Harmony could have hung with them the second time around, but all in, in, in they reality, beat they will beat them. Yeah, and th- this is the thing about it: you have a Harmony that put thirty six up against a Newton team. Newton only scored twenty two. That's yeah. six points more than what they scored against Dangerfield. Yeah, that's it. Dangerfield's coaching staff should be kicking themselves in the teeth because Newton, as someone said. Was begging them to run it up the middle, daring them to. Dangerfield, you got five, six, seven, eight yards of carry up the middle. That's what I'm saying. And then they would get in the red zone and, and throw, throw a ball. And <laughs> but that okay. And this isn't just based off of one postseason run. We've watched this for the last three or four years uh, with Coach Nelson. Yeah, that he gets out coached. His staff gets out coached. He, I mean, Whitney Keeling used to put on a coaching clinic when when he was at Wascom and they would meet them in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh you know, now they didn't get out coached against Newton. They just out coached themselves. It's not that Newton did anything special. They just got dumb. Yeah. Uh Coach Keeling would just straight up out coach him. Uh but granted, if you if you make better decisions, you put your kids in a better position to be successful, you're playing both this week, not harmony. Right. Bottom line. And you have a chance then to go compete for a state championship. Not harming. But that's where it sits. And it's because you didn't put yourself, your job as a coach, wherever you're at, even if you're on a bad football team, you know, coaching a bad football team, you put your kids in the best position that you can put them to be the best that they can be. That may be a five and five football team, but by golly, you're going to get to five wins. You should. Yeah. And, and, and here, here's where people get it wrong. You know, I hear all the time. Well, it's not about X's and O's. It's Jimmy's and Joe's. That's true. You got to have some Jimmy's and Joe's. But I, I, I've coached some teams that we didn't have all the Jimmy's and Joe's. But because we did our best every single week, busted our tails to put those guys in a position. To be the best them that they could be, we won some games we had no business being in, much less winning that ball game. And you can do that. That's why it's absurd to me that Hugh Springs is reassigning Coach Edwards because for years he has taken teams that were not the most athletic, that had no business beating some of those Paul Pitt teams, they had no business being in bowl games with Dangerfield, they had no business being uh, some of those Hooks teams that were more athletic, those Jefferson teams. But he did because he put his players in the best position that he could possibly put them. And that's where I think coaching gets underrated sometimes 
is you can win games with guys who aren't the best, mm-hmm. who aren't the, the most athletic. But if you put them in a position to be the best them that they can be and the team that's the most athletic, i.e. a danger field, doesn't do that with their players, they're going to lose a game that they have no business losing. Right. That's what happened against Newton. There is no reason. You had three or four opportunities out of the field where you, there's nobody within five yards of you. You, you keep overthrowing them. Then you're getting eight, you know, six to eight yards a carry up the middle. You move away from that in the red zone. Your quarterback continues to fall apart. But athletically, you're four or five times better than Newton this year. Yeah. That's not that's not going to be the case every year. But this year, that was the case. Right. And you literally threw, literally, pun intended, threw that ball game away. In the sense that you continued to pass and pass and pass. You got pass happy in situations. And not only that, that last drive down in the red zone. Okay, they're, they're within the 10 at that point. Yeah. He doesn't call anything to the boundary. He calls everything to the middle of the field. Every play, every curl route, every in route, everything was breaking to the middle. Right where your linebackers are sitting because it's a goal line situation. You walk the safeties down. There's nobody in the backside. You could have had a one-on-one with your corners if you just rolled some guys to the boundary, but he's not going to do that. That allows your, your corners to get some backup help on the backside of a play. Mm-hmm. He, he did nothing at that point but, to put them in a position to be successful. No, no, and not just that, but they tried it one play, and the quarterback overthrew him mm-hmm. way over his head. Couldn't get to get the ball. But he was open. Yeah, he they, was they open. They ran to the, the backside yeah. corner. You can watch it. He, he runs a little out route to the backside yeah. uh, post yeah. there. And I mean, he out pylon, rather. Yeah. Backside pylon, and he overthrows him. Yeah, he out jumps the corner. The whole, the, kid, the whole nine yards, that's he, a touchdown. Yeah, Ball but he, he outthrows them. But the thing about Dangerfield and their coaching staff, why they didn't figure this out, your quarterback has been off all night. Yeah, it wasn't you're running, you're running back and your offensive line are coming off the field and saying, we need to run, we're not running the ball. And the, your running back is begging for you to hand him the ball. He's hungry. He Yeah, he's been your guy all year. And yeah. then in the biggest game of the year, you're going to tell him yeah. no. We're not you don't feel until the last within the last two minutes of the game. Yeah, and then you want to run, and he got them down into that point, and then you don't hand him the ball. No that's more, like hey, you done your job. Okay. We'll, we'll thank take, you. Yeah, and that's the messed up, and that's where it's heartbreaking for the kids, the players of Dangerfield, is because they had what it takes. I mean, yes, of course, your receivers were run out running the uh, Newton's corners by five ten yards, yeah. burning them, but your quarterback wasn't on that night, right? You know, if he was on that night, that game's not even close. Yeah, no, they they pr- pretty much would put up forty against Newton. Yeah, um, but it, hey, it's one of those things. That's why you play. Yeah, that's exactly why you play the game. That's why if you're horny, you keep doing what you can do. Uh, hey, power to you! What a dream season for those kids. Yeah, I, I know some of them personally. There's some good kids on that football team. <clears throat> um, that I'm I'm proud for them. I'm I'm glad that they're able to enjoy. That kind of a success their senior year. Yeah. Go out with the bang. Do what you can do. Make this the best opportunity because for you, um, as a senior, this ain't going to happen again. Right. You know, those kids, all but one of those seniors, will not play football at the next level. Uh, this is it. You know, the last two games are staring them right now in the barrel. But make the most of it. I, I am proud for those kids. 
you know, and hey, go do what you can against Poth. And then you got the state championship ball game. You know, everybody's kind of penciled in Gunner on that side. I'm not so sure that Canadian can't give them a run for their money. Canadian does a very good job. They're out of the gun, but they're more of a power shotgun type team. They're going to run the ball, play smash mouth out of the spread. Uh, they're not a, a flashy, you know, type of spread team. I think that they can give Gunner's fits. Uh, we'll see. Now, Gunner, very disciplined. Not ever very big on that offensive line except for one year back uh, when they beat Bowling in the state championship ball game. But outside of that year, that was in uh, 2016, mm. outside of that year, uh, they haven't had a bunch of big fellas. They've just played very, very disciplined, uh, pistol flex bone offense football. Yeah. They, they do it at a, a very good rate. That year that they beat Paul Pitt, I mean, Paul Pitt had the size, Paul Pitt had the speed, but because of their discipline, mm-hmm. they were able to beat them. And, and you expect that from Gunner. Year in and year out, Coach Frizzell does a great job over there. I mean, he puts his, uh, that's another example of a guy putting his players in the best position that he can put them to win a, a, a football game. Well, and he does it a, a great, great job. So I'm I'm eager to see what that matchup's going to look like against Canadian, and then you know whoever they would play in the state championship right. ball game. And um, and talk about you know coaches putting uh, their players in the best position to win and discipline. Uh, I want to talk about uh, bring up Carthage here. Oh yeah, because uh, they and, continue to roll. Yeah, and so Longview rolls. Longview rolls. Uh, Timpson continues their march. Now they got their biggest test of the year. Against number four Refugio uh, mm. this week, that that's a good ball game, good 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 one to keep your eyes on yeah. down there in two A Division one. But uh, yeah, Carthage, Carthage oh. Oh. rolls over Pleasant Grove. Uh, they only had like six first downs the whole game. Yeah, or they, they they had some mercy. They only put up 40, uh, 14 points. Yeah, some mercy. A little bit more mercy than usual. Usually, usually it's some you know seven points. Yeah, but they were already up by like forty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> got to do what you got to do. Yeah, um, little Surratt had some. He ate at the end of that ball game. Yeah, he he got his yardage. Uh, how about that? And that kid's gonna go play PGA golf. Yeah, I he's mean, throwing like three hundred yards against you know juniors and seniors as a freshman. And he's a golf player. He's a golfer. Professional. How, how do you? Professional. Okay. How about that though? You 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 go home. Your year just got ended. Not only did your year, your career, you know, if you're a senior football player that's had to play them, not only did your your football career end, but on to add insult to injury, coach brings in his son, who's a golf player, and the golf player put up 300 yards on you just to <laughs> do it, just for fun. How about that? Yeah. How do you live with like literally? How Not you, beat by a golf player <laughs> with a football. Hey, what do you do with this? I don't know. Throw it. All Throw right. it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hey, touchdown. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the reality of Carthage right there. But to talk about discipline, me and you, we've seen Carthage firsthand uh, in person. You know, not against the best team, but we still seen Carthage, you know. and it's, Yeah, I don't care who they're playing. Yeah. You know. So so that's the that's the thing. You know, I, I Well, they did that against a garbage team. If you know anything about football, I can look at a team and go, that's a good football team. Yeah. No matter who they play, you can tell. And Carthage is that one that you can look at them and go, that's a darn good football yeah. team. And warm-ups. Uh, yeah. But um, 
we've seen them face-to-face on the field. That team is a darn good, disciplined, very well-executed team. And by looking at their film, you see that Carthage doesn't do anything special offensively. No. They don't, they're, they're not flashy. They just have players who are athletes, and they have players, that, and honestly, that ain't even the case. It's that they execute that playbook so well that it makes them look like that they're doing something big. But no, it's really a simple offense. They they run out of different forms, but they're not doing anything special. But they're very they just execute that play those that playbook to nearly perfection. And, and to me, that's what gets the um the respect on the offensive side that Jeff Trailer didn't get at Gilmer. And here's why. Jeff Trailer's philosophy went, every year that he was at Gilmer was we're going to give up 60, but I'm going to go score 70. He didn't care. He didn't care about stopping anybody. He just believed we're going to go five wide, we're going to throw the football, and we're coming. Yeah. You know, stop us if you can. People didn't respect that because it was it, it, it was not a, you know, he, he had years he won state twice, 2004-2014, mm-hmm. 10 years apart. But how about those blown opportunities in between? And here, here's why. Here's why he didn't win more state championships younger than he did while he was there. Because his model was not sustainable. Because eventually, outside of those two years, and, and the year he lost his state championship ball game, I believe, was 2013, 2012, 2012, 2012. Yeah, against Western Star. But, but the reason he didn't win more state championships is he ran into somebody that could stop him. Mm-hmm. And if you ever stopped him, you were going to go score. You were going to get yours. The The problem was, could you stop him? And and they did. Where Carthage gets all of this respect, is they're not out there saying, well, we're just going to score a bunch and, and we're going to go five wide all the time and run this wide open NASCAR offense. Coach Surratt has built a program that is sustainable Mm -hmm. because year in and year out he's developing players that play disciplined football yeah there's been a couple times he's won state and not had the best athletes on the field but he's had the most disciplined players on the field and that is the difference i think that that's where he gets the respect that coach trailer never got not that coach trailer didn't do a good job not that Coach Trailer's not famous now. I mean, obviously, he's at UTSA doing a great job there. He's coached some other places. But I think the reason that people kind of disdain what he did, whereas with Carthage, it's more like, hey, power to you. You know, yeah. good job. Is because Coach Surratt has, has come in there with the mentality, we're going to be disciplined. We're not going to do anything stupid. We're not going to, you know, we're just going to play football. Whereas those Gilmer teams, it was more about we're gonna put on the show. You came here, go get your popcorn. You you get to see, you know, the greatest offense on turf. Yeah. And or back then it was natural, you know, before yeah. everybody got turf on natural grass. And that was kind of the mentality. Whereas with Coach Surratt, it is about putting his guys in positions, and he makes them Division One football players. He's had some players go play Division One football. Oh yeah. That before they got there, were not Division One football players, but he developed them in a way that made them capable right. of being Division One football players, 
I mean, it, it just it's incredible to watch. Power Tomb, he's going to tie the state record now with nine state championships. Uh, it looks like, I mean, boring something just completely unforeseen. And who are they playing this week? Uh, some poor team. Let's see here. Uh, let me look this up. A Carthage man, I, like I said, th- this year was the first time, my first time seeing them um, in person. Since my Glenn Rose, yeah, that's right. Okay, poor Glenn Rose. Uh, this was my first time seeing them in about um, ten years, and they're just as good as they were when I seen them that first yeah. ten years ago. Um, and and, that, and that's the crazy to to be able to maintain that type of play style, that type of mentality, and uh disciplinarianship it takes a lot of hard work yeah coaching wise uh to get those players year in and year out to continue to buy into the program um continue to be disciplined continue to execute i mean i would i would anybody in the east texas even anyone outside of east texas Wherever you are, if you could get to a game on a Friday night in Carthage, Texas, or and wherever, I just watch them on TV. No, go see you have to see person. them in person um, because you see them in person is what makes you believe it. Yes, because if anywhere, and I know they're they're getting the national uh, and statewide recognition that they deserve yeah. now. You'll see their name come up a lot more in the future, and but if you're anywhere. And you're listening to this show. You have to, and if you're able, come down to East Texas, Carthage, Texas, or wherever they may be playing. You might want to catch a playoff game. But you have to watch Carthage Bulldogs because what we're telling you is from our perspective, what we see. But in order for you to believe what we're saying, you have to see it for yourself. And I'm telling you, it's well worth the travel. It's well worth your money. You'll have, I mean, you'll see a group of athletes, not only that, but some good coaching. Mm-hmm. I mean, Carthage just, I mean, they don't put on a show, but they put on a clinic. You, you get to see a college-level program for high school-level yes. prices. Really, <laughs> yeah. That's what it amounts and, to. Yeah, I mean, that's what, it's amazing watching them, man. And, and honestly, you can't even look at them, and even if you are the opposing team, you can't, you can't be mad. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't be mad that you lost, because, I mean, goodness, when you see it, it's like, it's Carthage. <laughs> they, they are who you yeah. think. All right. I mean, hey, let's see what these last couple weeks hold. Yeah, uh, man. Should be interesting. Yeah. Should be interesting. All right. College football. This is listen, y'all. Listen, it's a little bit more light. A little bit, a little bit, not much, but it's a little bit more lighter. Than, oh no, uh, I, I've got major crimes. I, I do. Well, I do too. I do I, too. I think that the committee I, blew it. <laughs> I, I do not agree with every team that's in there, so let's get to it. So they, they wind up Georgia number one, clearly. Okay. Michigan number two, clearly. Okay. OSU. And then oh. they put in TCU at number what? three. Wait, 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 wait. Because yeah, I, I, I saw that. I they saw that. They put TCU at number three, and they put Ohio State at number four. Two problems. What? Okay, now. Now, okay, USC... Blew their chance. They were in control of their own destiny. They lost to Utah again. Mm-hmm. No way they're getting in. I'm fine with that. Cool. 
TCU loses to Kansas State, doesn't even win the Big 12, and still gets in. It's ridiculous. Now, I get that that's one loss, but you lost on the biggest stage of the year to Kansas State. You can't even win your own conference (laughs) in the Big 12. In a year where Texas turned out not to be who we thought they were, Oklahoma showed why Lincoln Riley left in the first place. Oklahoma State completely imploded. Baylor was not who they've been in the past couple of years. Texas Tech is Texas Tech. You know, they'll sneak in, win a couple of games, and then fall off the face of the earth. So you took advantage of a bad conference. Picked on them all year long. Barely beat Baylor, mind you. Had a close game with Texas at one point. I mean, that wasn't just a, a runaway ball game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to say the Texas Tech score wasn't just around way the whole game. No, it wasn't. So, it's not like you just dominated the conference anyways. And then you turn around and lose the conference championship to Kansas State. And somehow, you paid enough money to somebody for that committee to put you in the playoff. That's ridiculous. Number two, right? is how in the world you want to put TCU in, put TCU in. How does Ohio State get in above Alabama? That's ridiculous. And here's why. They got blown out. That game with Michigan was not even (laughs) close. And they got blown out at home. Alabama's two losses are on the road by less than four points. Both of them. They yeah. lost by like one or two to Tennessee and, and one point to uh, LSU, LSU and LSU. Now, the thing that hurt Alabama was that Georgia just dominated LSU, I understand. But still, at the time, you're talking about two of the top-end SEC schools. You're Alabama. Alabama started picking it up after those two losses. It wasn't like, you know, they were just a doormat team. And yet, they're going... To be outside looking in while TCU gets dominated by Michigan and Ohio State gets dominated by Georgia. But, hey, you want bad football, you're going to get bad football. Here's my deal. Here's my deal. Because I saw that TCU got it. I didn't want to believe it. I didn't believe it at first. I thought That was ridiculous. I thought it was a joke. I wanted nothing more than TCU to be sent home. And we're from Texas. But that's ridiculous because <laughs> yeah, those jokers are not who... They're imposters. Two hours down the road from where TCU is. And they're imposters. They <laughs> have they have feasted on a bad Big 12 where everybody's on their way out the door. Well, but it is what it is. Here's, my, you, here's my theory on it. I don't agree with TCU getting in. I don't... Well, at first, I, you know, I wanted them to be in. Um, but looking at those other teams and watching those guys, I'm like, hey, there's no way that... There's no TCU, way... But here's my theory. Like, who looks at them and goes, they're going to beat Michigan? Nobody. Nobody in the country thinks Here's my theory. And it all comes down to whose name is still being spoken. Uh, USC, after they lost to Utah, kind of shut that down. That wasn't going to happen. They should be out. I I think next year they're in position. I I do. Yeah, I do too. Hey, that's a good football. I thought that would have been a great story. If they would have won that game, that's a great story. You've got Lincoln Riley taking the whole cupboard over there. Yeah. He wins. 
He's in, you know, he wins the Pac-12 first year there. He beats UCLA. And, and, and TCU, but with, with TCU, if they won that game against Kansas State, okay, you could somewhat justify them making it. Okay, but did the here's what I want to know: Did the was it to the point that either TCU or USC had to be in? Did they have to have somebody who wasn't in the Big Twelve or the SEC or yeah, uh, Big Ten or SEC? Probably, and this so is it, why. So if USC wins, is TCU out? Possibly. That's what nobody's asking. Is Poss- would I say yes? Out? I say yes, without a doubt. And then you just would have put Ohio State in over. Yes, I could. I don't think that. Ohio State should be in anyway. They shouldn't because you got blown out at home by, by Michigan. Michigan. You're not going to beat them. You're not beating Georgia. Yeah, it's not going to happen. It, it, it's just. I, not I say. Happen. It should Alabama should have been in. They should have been in there. They're, They're Alabama. I mean, You've got the greatest college football coach, arguably one of the greatest coaches at any level to ever walk the face of the earth. Yeah. over there in Alabama, and he doesn't even get a chance to play. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I, I think Alabama deserved the spot. Um, even if you now, this is where I that care. this is where that strength of schedule comes in because you're right. They did lose two games. They lost. Points combined on how they lost them by is less than four points, and those were during it football. You yes. have to look at those losses at the time that it happened, not with the the hindsight of Henry Hooker got hurt and LSU had some problems later in the year. Yeah. you can't look at it that way. At the time, those were two of the top end football teams. Right. They beat Ole Miss at a time when Ole Miss was one of the top end football teams. Yeah. I mean, it just I I don't understand. But and here's the problem. The committee says this is our guidelines and then throws the guidelines out the window. Mm-hmm. They don't follow them at all. It's ridiculous. I'm telling you, this that's my theory. It's name. Whose name was being spoken of? Uh, Georgia was being spoken of. TCU was being spoken of. Uh, Michigan, definitely spoken of. But T- TCU's not... Nobody but everybody was, TCU but, is going to watch that ball game. But that's either way. The, the Alabama... Fell when they those two losses, Alabama, in my opinion, fell off the face of the earth. So we're gonna punish Alabama for playing on national TV while TCU gets the the two o'clock game every week. That's ridiculous, and that's that's my theory though. Well, I think that's why, yeah. but that's ridiculous. It is. I, I so agree what, with you. Okay, I think Alabama point, should be in there then. So next year, because we're still gonna have to deal with this for another year. Yeah. Next year, Nick Saban shouldn't play one primetime game the whole year. Just don't do it. Play the two o'clock slot. Yeah, my golly, it doesn't matter. Just play it. I agree. Play every time they can hear them wants to play you at two o'clock, and it doesn't matter because hey, that will insulate you. That will allow people to say, "Oh, well, maybe they would have a chance." Yes, but that's I'm telling you, that's what it. Uh, uh, so now we uh, punish teams for playing. I, I just, it's ridiculous. That's why they should have had clear guidelines that you had to stick to. Yeah. There is too much. Um, uh, it's a popularity su- subjectivity to this. Yeah, it's it's a popularity test as well because TCU, while they're not that popular, it's what I said. They were spoken of. Everybody was saying, okay, if TCU win, they may be they yeah. in. They're in because nobody expected them to be in this conversation. But where Alabama, what Alabama, everybody expected Alabama to be there. But when they lost those two games, everybody like, oh, they're bust. Their name, they were no longer spoken of. No one was talking about Alabama. Everybody started talking about Alabama. And up until 
this last week. Nobody was talking about Alabama. But Bryce every, Young went from Heisman contender to nobody. Exactly. You know? So everybody was stop talking about Alabama after those two losses because they're like, okay, if they, they lost to them, then it's a bust. The TCU, who no one expects to be in this position to be in the top four conversation, here they are undefeated in the Big 12 and possibly are in the talks for being in the top four. And their championship game comes up. Not even just that, but weeks prior, everybody's talking about TCU because it's like they're fading in and out of this talk. They're consistent. They they're, stayed on the periphery. Yeah. Where I knew that they were probably going to get in because the la- the week before, they were left in there, I think, at number three. Right. I think they were number three in like... I, I think... And I thought, okay, the committee wants them in. Yeah. Like, by putting them in at three. Now, if you leave them at four, that tells me that they're on the precipice yeah. of dropping off. When you left them at three, that told me even if something happens, you could still slot them in at four. They gave themselves that leeway with TCU. Yeah. They didn't do it with USC because USC already had the one loss. Right. And all of that. But I think if num- uh, if Alabama had sat at number five rather than number six. They're in over they're Ohio in. State. Yes. Yeah. By far. But it's the fact that they were consistently, they weren't in eight. They were in six. They sat there the longest. At six. At yeah. six. But if they had been at five and they sat there and controlled that spot, barring if TCU, when TCU lost, okay, you come on down. And TCU's USC, out. yeah. Yeah. And so, like I said, TCU was always in there consistently. They were. It was kind of like they were fading in and out, but they were always in there. And but Alabama wasn't because of those two losses. Even if they have lost it, lost those games by two or one point. They were always in there. Alabama wasn't because everybody saw that Alabama. I even take it back to the Texas game. Everybody saw that Alabama team said and said, and I even said, they're, I didn't say they're not, they're not good, but I said they're undisciplined. Everybody else said they're not as good as what they used to be. Alabama is still Alabama to me. Um, well, as long not as, as Dick dis- Saban is on the sideline, you've got yes, to Yes, exactly. Yeah. They're not, not as disciplined, but they got it together. This is why it's such a shocker is they lost those two games, which were division games, and they yeah. weren't to bad teams. Yeah, they you know, were really good teams yes. in the SEC. And, you, and they only lost to Tennessee by two. They lost yeah. to LSU by, by one. one. So that's a three-point. But that's what's so shocking is you take that, and they dominated the rest of the season. Yeah. And you take that and you say, well, because nobody's talking about you, you're sitting at that number six spot, you don't deserve a chance, even though you went on to just to continue winning, just like the regular Alabama is. They, they improved. They got better. Yeah. They, so now we're going to punish teams for getting better. Disciplinary. Everything got better I, I, with I, Alabama. TCU regressed, in my opinion, because they went from dominating teams to squeaking out yeah, ball yeah. games. Uh, Ohio State clearly digressed after that beating that they took. I didn't think they were that great anyway. I thought they were overrated. They had had... Two bowl games. Now everybody's looking at that win against Penn State and saying, "Oh, well, that's their kind of statement win." They almost lost to Penn State. Penn State had an opportunity. If James Franklin doesn't mess that deal up, he beats Ohio State. I say I, just. Uh, I, I say with with TCU, TCU got to the meat of their conference in their last game. In their last game, they yeah. got to the meat of their conference and, and barely beat. Yeah, them. and they started to lose that gas. They started to. They yeah. were running on fumes, and so that's my question: is 
now that this this is set, you know, these are the four teams. Can they pick up that field? No. Can they refuel? I don't think so either. They get blown out by Michigan. Like, not even close in my I, opinion. And Georgia blows out Ohio State. And then you get the game that I thought was going to be the game record, unless, you know, Alabama stuck in there. But outside of Alabama sneaking into the playoffs, I've said for the last two or three weeks that it's going to be Michigan, it's going to be Georgia, and that will be a great national championship yeah. ball game. I it'll be worth be It'll be great. worth and you've got some names there. You've got Jim Harbaugh. You've got Kirby Smart. You've got the SEC. You've got the Big Ten. You've got what you're looking for there. Yeah. You know, you you've got a darn good football game for the national championship. Yeah. But the but the semifinal games are a laughing stock. That is terrible. <laughs> it's not good football. It's not good for the ratings. It it just that's ridiculous. It would have been better if Alabama. Even if I think even if. TCU is in. It would have been better if Alabama would have been in over Ohio State. Yeah, they got embarrassed on national yeah. television at home and somehow still get. And that was supposed to be a rival game. That is that's the oh. biggest rivalry in in college football outside of Alabama Auburn and Alabama Georgia. Outside of those two, that's the big and maybe the Red River rivalry. But but as far as just hatred, Michigan and Ohio State's at the top of the list. Yeah, and Ryan Day. Is not Urban Meyer. No. Well, no. He's not. No. Harbaugh has Jedi mind trick that sucker, and <laughs> it's on. Yeah. Brian yeah. Day <laughs> is not Urban Meyer. I, I like I said, did not expect TCU to be in there. I wanted it. I thought at first it'd be nice, but then after. Watching Michigan roll over Ohio State and Georgia dominate, continue to dominate. Yeah. And I was like, maybe it's best that. <laughs> you know, maybe it's because you look at that and it's like an ant compared to a wasp. I mean, or it really a bee. Was, yeah. It's, it's not, there's no competition. But, I mean, that's, I, I don't have anything. That's what the committee wants and the committee get. get it's what they want. So, okay. Moving on from that. Going into the expanded playoffs, we did get it. Going to be 12 teams starting in 2024. Yep. So I'm so happy. Here, Well, here's how this is going to go. I'm happy. Uh, let's see. No, no one from the ACC other than Clemson will make it. Trying to look at... Okay, so you're going to have your top four teams still. They all get buys. Mm-hmm. Then, conference champions are guaranteed a spot. So, actually, by this model, Kansas State would be in the playoffs. Yep. Anyways. <laughs> uh, because they, they're guaranteed a spot. You would actually have Kansas State playing Tennessee. If it happened today. Well, I don't know. So, uh, and then the four seed, uh, the top four get a bye. Then your conference championship, uh, tri- conference champions are guaranteed. Then everybody else is an at-large bid, right? And then the group of five, which is not the power five, is guaranteed a team every year. Because you win your conference. What's the group of five? Explain that to me. 
the schools like the Tulane's, the Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, teams like that. They aren't part of the Power Five. What about SWAC? That's a whole different deal. They're not even part of the the okay. FCS stuff. Because I was about to say, then that means the US team will be in. But yeah, no, that, they're their own. Like yeah. the SWAC is their own yeah. thing. But uh, I think it makes it a little bit more interesting. Oh, it, it does. I uh, think that you're going to have some better football as a result of it. Yeah. And everybody's saying, oh, well, that takes away from the regular season. Actually, it adds to it because now more games are meaningful. Right. Right now, I mean, for the past two weeks, there's been a lot of meaningless football going on. Right. Because unless you were one of the top four or five, maybe six teams, you were playing meaningless football. Yes, I mean, because you weren't going to get in anyway. You weren't going to the playoffs. Maybe, maybe... You know, Maybe yeah, you're playing for the... a bowl game, but nobody's going to watch your bowl game anyway. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know who's in the bowl game this year. Well, you got your New Year's Sixes. Alabama got one. I think Clemson's going to get one. Tennessee may get one. And you're going to have some, some decent. The, name, look, look at the names we but just then, named But then off. you've got Tennessee without Henry Hooker. That's yeah. the problem. Listen to the names we just named off. Alabama, Clemson. Tennessee. These are top teams. Clemson. Especially Alabama and Clemson. Yeah. Alabama and We're Clemson. We're not that far removed from like three years in a row where it was Alabama and Clemson for the national championship. <laughs> right. Now, now it's, well, we're playing, we're kicking around for a bowl game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but goodness, man. Georgia only won, is dominating, and you're right. It's only been one year, two years, two, three years. Yeah. Georgia won last year and probably, I, well, I don't know. I can't say who's going to win that. Georgia shouldn't have won last year. Bill O'Brien called some terrible plays at the last drive where Bryce Young had every opportunity to go in and win that ball game. And, mm. you know. But, goodness, man. <laughs> That's what we are in college football. Clemson would be a team that I would like to, to see uh, get back up to that. No, they're bad. Caliber. I, I would still they're like bad. to see it. Ongalele, or however you pronounce his... I don't know. Uh, Is it the quarterback there? Yeah, DJ Ongalele, or however you pronounce it, he's a bad quarterback. He ain't no Trevor Lawrence. I'll put it that way. I don't know. Now, Trevor Lawrence is a great NFL quarterback, but he was a darn good college But I just player. wonder if uh, it's a recruiting thing for them. Dabo is a great dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dabo... Good football coach. Dabo's problem is that Dabo doesn't have a national pool. Even when they were at, win national championships, Dabo still didn't have quite the national pool that Kirby Smart does at Georgia, Nick Saban does at Alabama, uh, even Coach O when he was at LSU back then. Yeah. Uh, he, he just didn't ever quite get on there. Uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. Urban Meyer, when he was at Ohio State, those guys, that you went to play for them. Dabo, you looked at and said, that's a nice dude, win football games, but he wasn't necessarily going to recruit all across the country and get every player that there was out there to get. Right, right. That's been Dabo's issue. Right. 
whereas he, you know, he was able to sit down in the living room and talk Trevor Lawrence into coming. He talked some of those dudes into coming and playing for him. But as far as that, I think that's where he's at right now is he's reaping what he sowed and not being able to recruit some of the top-end guys that your perennial contenders have been able to recruit for the last 10, 15, 20 years. That's been Dabo's problem. It's not a Dabo thing per se. It's more about he's just not that national level type of guy. Yeah. But good dude, good football coach. <clears throat> I You know, it, it's just a matter of that's just the reality. Yeah. Now, talking about coaches. Uh, I kind of want to take this one. Oh, I've got some. Hold on. Okay. I don't ever want to hear Dion say it's about the kids. I don't ever want to hear Dion say it's about African Americans. I don't ever, ever again want to hear Dion Dion Sanders say I'm more swack than everybody else. Because the first chance that Dion truly got, Dion bolted. Mm-hmm. And not only did Dion bolt, it's not even about the money for Dion because their president said yesterday that they don't have the money to pay him. They expect the money to come in because now they've hired him. Mm -hmm. Not like he's getting paid. Up front, anyways. Then, Dion takes one of his sons. The other son decides to stay, but the quarterback decides to go with him. He's got ten other players leaving Jackson State to go to Colorado, including Travis Hunter. Gone. Dion's first team meeting, Dion tells... The majority of the football team, go ahead and get the transfer portal because you're not going to play for me. I've got my own guys coming. Thank you very much. See you later. Yeah, okay. That's how he started his okay. tenure in Colorado. And then that's why that's where my grievance starts. It's with that press, with that meeting, with that team. You and this do, isn't speculation. No, this is no, video. There's a video out there that, 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 that he allowed to be filmed. Yeah, this is you like, don't you don't do that. It's the fact I, I knew he was leaving uh, uh, JSU. I I just knew it because and he jumped at the first opportunity. And here's why: it's because it's Colorado. It's a bigger school. It's out of swag. Even Jackson State then winning that championship. He built he's that. In the, he did what he, but he's in a Pac-12. Now. Yes, he's getting what he wants. He's on a more yeah. national stage. Exactly. And so now, I knew that was getting blown happen. out by USC and Lincoln Valley. Yeah. And so you and Chip Kelly at UCLA. Yeah. And so you put yourself at in a position to win at Jackson State. You've done that. You done good. You done great. And 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 here's why it wasn't realistic. It's cuz like you said, it wasn't about the kids. He uh, he put his own money into that program, but he jumped at the first opportunity. And I knew it was going to happen. We talked about this weeks ago. But look at why he put his own money because he got attention. Oh, Dion's spending money on the program. Yeah. But uh, like I said, to get to my grievance, you, what you did, Jackson State, that's all fine and dandy. I mean, you, you bring your quarterback, your son with you, and the other one decides to stay. Um, that's that's cool. But you get to there at that first team meeting, and you telling those guys it's not going to be any more of that trash that you've been giving. And go ahead and enter the uh, transfer portal. Because I'm bringing my own. Because I'm bringing my own. How can you go in? You haven't... That right there is where you earn your respect. And you have and right then you just told a group of guys that their hard their work at a college that they work to get there to start possibly 
means nothing because you're going to bring guys who's never played at a Pac-12. They weren't even able to be recruited at a Pac-12. Outside Travis Hunter. And he was being recruited in the SEC. SEC. You telling guys who were able out of high school to get recruited by this school who's in the Pac-12. You're gone. That took, yeah, go ahead and His first deal, he gets up there and says, now, I'm opening questions, but before you ask anything, quarterback, you're gone. I've already got one. Yeah. And the rest of you, go ahead and get the transfer portal because I'm running out. That's ridiculous. That is. And that's and messed up. He, why would you take a job that you look at that team and go, they can't win? Why take the job then? Like, but what, it's what is not, this about? Th- not just that, but you bring guys who haven't even played at that level and tell them they're going to start over you. Yeah. You don't even know if they're going to be able to be good at that level. You're going up against a different competition. You're going up against different dogs, against a different environment. You do not do that. Travis Hunter's the only player. You don't even know if your son will last out there on that field. No. Travis Hunter's the only one that can play at that level because he was recruited above that level. Yeah. <laughs> I, this it, is it, a disaster. It, that, bought, that bought a bad taste in my mouth for Dion. I knew he was going to leave Jackson State, but I didn't think he was going to leave in that fashion. And I didn't think that he was going to, when he got to Colorado, that he was going to do that. That put a bad taste for Dion well, in my well, mouth. Well, Dion went from two weeks ago when, when everybody said that he was getting on a plane to go to Auburn. to Auburn. He held a team meeting and said, I'm not going anywhere. Then, two weeks later, he's holding a team meeting and saying, well, you either uh, get fired or you leave on your own accord, so I'm out. Yeah. First off, why didn't you just tell him, I might not go to Auburn, but I'm probably not going to be here. Well, because this is the thing with Dion. And this and the thing with Dion is he didn't get the SS FSU job, so he went to Jackson State. To Dion, this is to yeah, this has been a prove it deal for Dion to prove to the college it's all world about Dion. That's yeah. the problem. And when he didn't get the Auburn job, as well, I ain't going nowhere. That's why you're not going anywhere because you didn't get it. Yeah, you didn't get the job. That's why you're he not didn't going. even get truly interviewed for no. the Auburn job. So that's you why freeze. you're okay. And, and, and here's how bad of a coach Dion is. Colorado hired him because he's Dion. They think, per the president, because he's here, now we're going to generate all this money. Yeah. That's what they think. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. For his sake, they better because they owe him money. Hugh Freeze, who hired escorts using the school's business card, <laughs> and the school's phone to contact them at Ole Miss got the Auburn job over Deion Sanders. Yeah. Because Hugh, and here's here's the difference. Hugh Freeze is a football coach. Deion Sanders is not. Deion Sanders is a circus who comes to town and makes money. That's it. And he happens to be able to recruit enough guys to win ball games at Jackson State. Yeah. Do I think he can do it in Colorado? No, I do not. Do I think they become, they stay the doormat of the Pac-12? Absolutely. He is not going to beat USC. He is not being chipped out at UCLA. He is not. It's just not going to happen. Now, it helps because USC and UCLA are going to Big Ten in a couple of years. That may help him. But in the first two years, he is a laughingstock who is overpaid. And all that mouthing he does and all these laps around the field. It's, it's not all gonna, the, that's not going to fly. I mean, listen, yesterday he has his theme music man played and nobody cares. He just walks in and the president just kind of looks. And he says, 
And Neon, on camera, looks at the present and says, well, this is how we do things. She's like, oh, okay. They're going to shut all this down. It, Dion is not who he thinks he is. And they're going to prove it. He's not going to be able to act unprofessionally in that locker room. He's not going to be able to act unprofessionally in the uh, press conferences that are held. He's going to get put in his place. And power to him. Because that's what happens when you talk before you prove it. Yeah. I just think, man, it, at first I was like, okay, good job. For, uh, he got <clears throat> he got. Job, but then after seeing that video, I didn't even. And here's the thing, I didn't even get through the first, let's just say, 10, 20 seconds of that video. Yeah. Me hearing the first few seconds of him saying, "They ain't, we we're not gonna put on. There's no more of that trash that you've been." I mean, how you gonna tell players that? You just got here. You literally just got off the plane. Yeah, you just got here, and then you gonna tell me? Well, I worked hard to be able to get here. Whether it's a low budget Pac-12 school, he I better hope those players are coming because he just lost that entire roster. Yeah, like they they, they better come because if not, he's gonna play with nobody. Yeah, because and, and you you telling me I worked hard my high school career. I don't care if it's the lowest in the Pac-12. I got here, and you're gonna tell me that you're gonna you, you I gotta enter the transfer portal and find a new college. Somewhere else that now I gotta compete again because you're gonna bring guys who weren't able who did not get recruited at my level to come in and play at my level and you don't even know if they're able to play at my level. They haven't you haven't seen anything of them outside of SWAC. Yeah. I, I just I don't know. I hope he gets blown out. I hope that Lee that I, it just put a, a bad it put a bad taste and a bad feeling in my gut with Dion because that's just messed up. He I'm, won't get this will be his last job. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm 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 all for you know progress and growth, but you don't do it like that. You don't you don't do but that. But what has he done to deserve growth? Be Dion Sanders, and that's what I and that's what I'm saying. Dion, and this is the thing with with with, with Jackson State. State, and this is the thing with Colorado. Deion Sanders gets hired because, like you said, because he's Deion Sanders. Yeah. He didn't coach at no big high school. He won some champion championships, uh, state championships at the private school he and was at. And a private school in Texas. Yes. But he didn't go on to no Allen. He didn't go on to no Duncanville, South Lake Carroll. He didn't go on to none of Prosper. He or didn't get the publicity didn't. that Carthage got. No, he did not go... He didn't go to any of those schools. He went from that little high, that little high, private high school to trying to start his own prep program. That yeah. fell apart, and yeah. he had to move on. And then here he tries to FSU. They say no. Um, and then he goes on to Jackson State. They give him a chance, but it's strictly because Dion is Dion. This is why I say these schools know who they're hiring before they hire him. They know they're hiring Dion. They know they're going to hire a guy that's flashy. He uh likes the spotlight. Um, he talks a lot. He's loud. Yeah, they know exactly who they hire. But we've reached a point with this circus. I, I this is not even about winning football games. This is about the publicity and the money that comes with yeah. Neon. And what I'm afraid of is that with all this NIL stuff, that we're going to see more and more of this, where people hire coaches that can bring in the money. As yeah. opposed to winning football games. 
But I, like I said, I'm all. But don't disrespect. You don't. Those young men did nothing to you for you to disrespect them in their face. Yeah. I mean, they've already. They're coming off of a bad season as it is, and you come in and you disrespect them and and down talk them in front of them. You're fir- you fresh off the plane. Your shoes just touched the carpet you in call, this building. You, you call them trash and then tell them to leave. Yeah. Because you're bringing your own luggage. Those young men did nothing to to, to deserve that caliber of disrespect. And you're supposed to be the head coach. The new head coach. He better hope his uh, staff comes with him too. Yeah, he better help. Well, he better hope something. Because if he don't bring in no money, he ain't going to get paid what he thought he was getting paid. And it ain't gonna be a good but, season. But if you're Colorado, why do you hire somebody you can't pay? That that's a it was a desperate move. It ha, that's the only way that I can put it. It's a I, desperate I just, move. I, well, that that a desperate was a move. terrible situation. It Remember was good a situation that's man. not terrible. Dallas Cowboys. They blow yeah. out. But okay, one world that's coaching Neil. Jeff Saturday's in over his head. He has no business. Now I understand that's a bad roster. You got Matt Ryan, who's old, decrepit. He needs to go. You don't have a great defense over there. You don't have any receiving core to speak of, really and truly. You have a yeah. decent run game, an okay offensive line. But you don't have a great team. I understand he didn't do that. But he's made some decisions that you look at and go, he's not ready to be a head coach. But the way that Jim Ursay's talking, no matter what happens... Ursay's not going to have a serious interview with anybody. He's going to give the job to Jeff Saturday. That's ridiculous. Bill Cowher, a couple weeks ago, was right. That is a disgrace to the coaching profession. These guys just jumping the ranks and getting these jobs because of who their name is is ridiculous. But that just shows you that just shows you how bad that the owners box has gotten. They're no longer about integrity. They're no longer about what's right. They're all about what looks good to the public eye. Yeah, but who's you know who's who who's more popular? Who will they? Who will the people say looks better in that position? But that's well, how down bad. Looked they around are. and said, you know, people are tired of Frank Wright and his boring personality, his boring offense. So what can I do to kind of you know energize the troops? Well, Jeff Saturday is a good dude, nice guy. Played with Peyton Manning. You know, all that. Yeah. But he's not a good football coach. But on the flip side of that, Dallas. Dallas did a darn good job in the second half of that ball yeah. game. They got it going. That's a good football They put game. up 33 points in the, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like, that ain't normal. <laughs> but that, That's that, putting pedal to the yeah. metal and getting after it. Yeah. And the thing about that is, here's what I equated to. That, 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 that Dallas, that game yesterday. I'm bad at math. I'm not, I won't say I'm bad. Well, I'm, I it's not my it's not my strong suit. But if you give me a strategy and I learn how to work that strategy, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna solve those problems left, right, up, down. It doesn't matter. Just give me the strategy, tell me how to work it, and I'm gonna work it. And that's what that's how Dallas played yesterday. Dallas played that first half. It was okay. It's kind of shaky. I thought for an instant, okay, Indianapolis may have a chance because Dallas is playing kind of questionable right now. They they can't really move the ball. Uh, defense is barely stopping the run. They're kind of open in the pass. Indianapolis have a chance, may have a somewhat of a chance. Now, will they win? Probably not, but they have a chance to make this game a close yeah. game. 
Excuse me. But that second half, third quarter, offense still wasn't clicking as much. Um, but defense, I mean defense, it's almost as, as if they were, like I said, they were given a strategy. This is what we this is what we need to fix, and this is how we're gonna fix it. And they ran with that strategy and they worked it in and out all the way. I mean, until the fourth quarter to the end of the game. They just executed, executed, yeah. and they shut Indianapolis down. And that's scary. Because nobody just does that. Nobody just up and this is this is this is in my opinion. This was just like the Minnesota game a couple of weeks ago, where defense just just shut it down. And honestly, the, the Minnesota defense, the Minnesota game was was better. It's a better game because defense played a better game. Yeah. But but for everybody to be able to, to be clicking like that, this Dallas team, it's like Jimmy Johnson said, this is the best Dallas team that he even he well, he coached back to back Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. You know, with the teams that he had, Emmitt Smith, Michael Irvin, mm-hmm. Troy Aikman, and some other, these other cats. And he's saying this is the best Dallas <laughs> team he's ever seen. Yeah. I mean, that's, like I said, this is not normal. You don't see yeah, teams Yeah, okay, do but that. here's the problem. They still might not win a Super Bowl. Like, that's, let, not and, well, that's, that's not a guarantee. I'm not saying they can't. You're right. You're I think right. they have the chance, but we're not going to win the division now. You're right. Because Philadelphia didn't lose to Tennessee. That was a must. Yeah, Philadelphia well, had to lose yesterday for us to win the, for the and, Cowboys to win the to, division. And, but I'm I'm fine with that. But now My, we got a road game in Tampa Bay. No, and, and uh, yeah, Tampa's gonna win their division. We're gonna have to go play Tampa Bay there. Oh, but um, if they you know as long as they hold up, win the division. Who are they playing? Uh, let's see here. But but here's the deal. Dallas and I, I'm not calling on Dallas to win a Super Bowl. I'm not going the Saints this week. Oh well, yeah. Uh, I'm not calling on Dallas to win a. You know, I'm not that fan. I, I learned this a couple of years ago. Stop being that fan. Oh, this is our year. This is our yeah, year. Yeah, no, that's you every know. year for the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm not doing that this season. I'm looking at a team where they are contenders. But it's not necessarily that they will win because you have the Eagles, you have Kansas City, and um, the Bills, and then and you still have Minnesota. Even if they're, you still have Minnesota, and you still have, uh, for better or worse, Tom Brady. Yeah, but the Jets almost beat Minnesota yesterday. But you still have Minnesota. I. I and that's what that's what I'm saying they're is a fraud. They may be, but they're still in it. So that's what I'm saying is for the NFC is a lot better than the AFC, but I'm not calling on the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. It'll be nice if they it'll be great if they get there. But I'm not necessarily sold on that they will win or get there, you know? But all I'm saying is, whether or not they do, this is a good Cowboys team I, I with a great defense. And But here's the thing, and it's the flip side of it. Kellen Moore has to get it together. Because at this point, 
in this point in the season, you're you're at the at the at the bottom half of the season. You can't be struggling with bad teams in the first half uh-uh. because you want to get past that. And here's the thing: as as they're meeting with with uh, uh, Odell today, I'm probably already meeting with him, and they're, they're going to have him for two days today and tomorrow. Taking to the Mavs game, Mavs where win tonight. Yeah. And so yeah, and so take him to the Mavs game, and then tomorrow he's going to meet with Dak Prescott and and a couple of other of, of the other leaders on the team. So they got him for two days in Dallas. Yeah, um, you know to be around the players, to be with the, the the coaching staff and everybody. But here's my thing: this is what makes it questionable, and this is what makes it dangerous for if they do get Odell Beckham. Kellen Moore, being where he is right now as an offensive coordinator. Who is unstable in the first half? In the first half, I don't understand what it is that he he thinks he's trying to do, or who he thinks he has, but he gets pass happy. Yeah, and this is the danger: is you get Odell Beckham, you don't know how Kellen Moore is going to react, or how he's if that's going to change his coaching philosophy and how he <laughs> how he runs plays. Because I say, if they get Odell Beckham, then he's going to lose his mind. He's they, gonna go yeah, nuts crazy. Have a whole day pep talk with him yes. before they sign him. They're gonna. I feel like Kellen Moore is gonna go nut crazy with with having. Oh man, I can you can I can do all this. <laughs> no, you can't. You that Prescott. He's a good. He's a good quarterback. But he's not a great quarterback. He can do what he can do. You may win a Super Bowl in spite of your quarterback in Dallas because of that defense. Yep. In spite of and because that and because you have one of the 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 best. Run games in the NFL yes. as of right now, with one of the, with that offensive line starting to get back to where it used to be. And a la Dangerfield, you're gonna throw it all away because yeah, of your receivers. Yeah, but listen, you just chill, Kel, Kellen Moore, relax. That's all I'm asking. You just almost relax. threw the game yeah. away yesterday because you you wanted Dak to stand up in the pocket and throw. It wasn't the second half. You started realizing he can't get it done that much. We need to revert back to the uh, uh, Zeke and Tony Pollard, and yeah. those because you have you have guys that are gonna that can pass block, yes, but you have Jason Peters, mm-hmm. one of the best pass pass uh, pass and run blockers in the NFL. Yeah, came out of retirement willingly, yeah. willfully to play for you and to to mentor young Tyler Smith, who's doing great, by the way. And to mentor uh, uh, Connor McGovern. Yeah. And then you have, on top of that, to be able to play with Tyron Smith, one of the best tackles in the league, even though he's injured, still one of the best. You have that, and you're able to get that done because those guys are leading your offensive line. And, and you have Zach Martin on the other end. Jason, uh, not Jason, I keep wanting to say Jason still. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but you have... Now, okay, Terrence Steele. You have Terrence Steele, who who arguably maybe make his first Pro Bowl this year. Um, but you have those guys who are holding it down for you on the offensive line that can run block for you just fine. And and when Tony Pollard is getting five yards a pop, averaging five yards a pop, and why Zeke would is, you take the ball out of? Yes, him? and Zeke is averaging four. Why would you stop that? Why would you do? It? And then you have a rookie in Malik Davis. Who can do this? Who's well capable of doing the same? You're averaging like nine yards a carry in the run game. Exactly. I mean, combined. Combined, yeah. yeah. And so you. That's why I'm, I don't know what Kellen Moore is seeing. 
But, or what he's trying to get out of but this But we'll offense. see how this all shapes out. But you've got a very good football team. So here's how it sets up right now. If the, if the playoffs started right now, in the NFC, or the AFC, let's start there. You'd have the Bills as the number one seed. Okay. You'd have the Chiefs at number two who got beat by Cincinnati yesterday. Mm-hmm. And Joe Burrow is the first person to be 3-0 and against uh, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> You've got Baltimore at number three. You've got Tennessee at number four. You've got Cincinnati at number five. Dolphins still in there at six. And the New York Jets, baby, at seven. The NFC. Eagles, of course, are your one seed. Uh, and then you've got the Vikings as your two. 49ers at three. Uh, uh, yeah. Bucks at four, because they're going to win that division. Uh, Cowboys at five. Giants still in there at six, even though they tied with Washington. That's a bad game. And then you've got Seattle. How about that? At seven. Oh, and oh, by the way, speaking of Seattle, Russell Wilson got beat again, ten to nine yesterday. That's a horrible game. <laughs> Who by they play? Oh well, and and what's got a guy hurt? Yeah, that's a horrible game. Who blow okay. this team? Blow that up! Yeah, throw the whole team away. <laughs> Coach and staff, just admit Nathaniel Hackett's a mistake. Russell Wilson's a mistake. We have nobody. Let's just blow. Randy that. Gregory hadn't played for you yet. That's bad. All right. Uh, then you go down there. So projected first round matchups in the AFC. You'd have the Bengals at Tennessee, spicy. You'd have the Dolphins at Baltimore, spicy. Although I I take the Dolphins in that one. And you'd have the Jets. This would be the the first round. You'd have the Jets at Kansas City. In the NFC, you'd have the Cowboys at Tampa Bay. You'd have New York at San Francisco. And you would have Seattle at Minnesota. I'd say Seattle would have a chance to win that ballgame. I do too. I think the other two, I think we could beat, the Cowboys could beat Tampa Bay. And New York would lose to San Francisco in San Francisco. But I could see an upset I don't know. happening. Uh, Jimmy G got hurt, man, out for the season. Broken foot. That's true. So now you have no quarterback. Uh, they still won big yesterday, but... Jimmy G's gone, though. Either way. I, which is sad. It's a sad situation, but... Wow. And it's even sadder now that he broke his foot and out for the season, but... Yeah, and that's gonna hurt his free agency yeah. stuff, too. Yeah, I mean, I didn't... I, I they did Jimmy G. Yeah, San they Francisco did, that. That was did bad. him dirty, man. I meant to bring that up about his broken foot. I mean, that's bad. They, they, they did hit that... For a quarterback that hasn't even proved himself yet. Yeah. This guy got you to the a- NFC Championship. Took you to a Super Bowl. Yeah. And you and had a chance to win. Yeah. and But this is how you treat him. We're going to go with the new guy. We haven't seen him play yet, but you know, he's, we think he's better. And then he gets him. hurt. Now, Jimmy G, we need you. Trey Lance better be who they think he is. That's, That's all, all I got to say. Yeah. Uh, Deshaun Watson comes back to Houston. Deshaun. Beats Houston, of D-W. course, because Houston's just terrible. Sorry, Levy, but that's bad. Trash. They put Levy. I, I feel bad for Le- Levy. Levy Smith has been put in some really bad situations in the NFL. But. Trash. It's what I've said about Deshaun Watson. Now, granted, first game. 
Mm-hmm. It was 12 for 22. I think he only had 22 yards rushing or something like that. The guy can't run like he used to. Again, I understand it's the first game, but you can tell when a guy is not who he used to be. And Deshaun Watson is not who he used to be. Yeah, I, I think he's like the tin man off the Wizard of Oz. Just needs a little oil in his. You know, that that would help, but I still don't think he can. Well, you he's haven't... not gonna be who he's getting paid to be. Yeah, that's the problem. Well, okay, but when you had, and this is what I told you earlier for the show, Cleveland knew what they were doing, and Cleveland decided to give him that contract. Cleveland decided. To that, that's who they wanted. Okay, you know the only thing though that's really saving Cleveland's butt, as far as PR is concerned, is the fact that Baker Mayfield's not even starting when, over yeah, there in Carolina. Yeah, and, and that's the only thing. Like if if Carolina was whatever, you know, a five hundred football team, it it would look bad. Yeah, but but, but there's not. still going to be questions as to okay if he can't really produce then why bench Jacoby Brissett? And then you like I'm I'm watching that game yesterday going right now he's not producing at a any higher clip than Jacoby Brissett. Not saying he won't you know for the rest of the last few games, but if he doesn't like if it's even close if there's even a question in anybody's mind about whether Deshaun Watson should start or Jacoby Brissett. That was a bad trade. Yeah, because you're paying too much guaranteed money. And and uh, with the Sean Watson, like I said, maybe he needs a little oil in his oil can to 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 you know knock some of that rust off his knees and his arm and shoulder, whatever. I mean, after not playing for two years, it had that took obviously took a toll on him. Uh, Playing wise, mentality wise, mentally, physically, the whole nine yards. Yeah, and so, and we're still not sure that there's not gonna that be case. Some, yeah, this, else this case, that back. case isn't closed uh, by far. It's not closed. Um, I'm just waiting for the season to end for them to the say, other, "All right, let's yep. take another go at it." Yeah, yeah, I think when the season's over, another shoe's gonna drop. In that yeah, field. because that the one that came up here recently. That suddenly went quiet. It, you get the feeling that the NFL is keeping that quiet until the end of the season. Yeah, uh, they just they got tired with, of that. Yeah, with everything season. that's not going, what's going on right now with the NFL, you don't want something like that yeah. to pop back up. But what if Dan Snyder's back there? I got evidence. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that, Dan Snyder comes back out of the shadows. Yeah, it's like, hey, Dan, Dan Snyder's probably the puzzle piece to this all. That's just like, or that's like the. I hate Jimmy Haslam, so here's here's more of this. Everything y'all need. <laughs> and I'm good with being thrown away myself. <laughs> but that's that's the thing, man, with Deshaun Watson. You know, I I, I give it to the end of, to the end of the season. I mean, see what he see what he has uh, next year. If it ain't panned out next year, that's bad. Yeah. Another another quarterback in a bad spot, Aaron Rodgers. So he beats Chicago in Chicago. Did you see pause, that? Pause uh, right here because I know what you. Yeah, yeah, I'm about to say it. Is that real? Was that real? I believe so. It was okay. You're talking you, about the post game interview, right? What did he say the post game? Because I'm talking about something else. I'm not even about the post game interview. I'm talking about the picture and the haircut. I didn't see that. So somebody got. I don't know if the you know how you somebody take a snapshot and they're like they're in a position they're doing a post yeah. they're not really doing so <laughs> somebody took a picture where he's doing this and then they put the picture well, of his I saw haircut that. yeah inside, and it's a Hitler haircut yeah I saw that <laughs> well, I don't know if that's real or not yeah but who's but the his post game, 
<laughs> Who's cutting his hair? <laughs> Who's cutting if, Aaron Rodgers' hair? Yeah, if you're Aaron Rodgers' barber, reach out to us. Um, but no, I mean, where he talks about owning Chicago, and I've got a lot of fans here. It's great to be back in Chicago, you know, in the post game. But then he says, you never know when it's going to be your last time. He's opening the door, and then the week prior to that, you know, they asked him about whether or not he would be willing to sit down for Jordan Love to finish out the year, because they're at, once they completely fall out of contention. And he said, well, you know, nobody ever knows what's going to happen in the future. He is creating a situation. He's telling them, listen, y'all, I want out. Where he's gonna, he's not going to be in Green Bay next year. Yeah. Without yeah. all the hullabaloo that, that started last year, yeah. he is so quietly that, this yeah, time At this saying, point, I it ain't even about the money, though. No, and it's not even about Jordan Love because he's now willing to say, well, you know, they might play him and that's okay. Yeah. It's, he it's, just doesn't want to get hurt in a meaningless game in Green Bay when he may be playing a he's, meaningful. He's, here's a deal, though. Saying that about Chicago, is he kind of you know hinting at Chicago like, hey, you can't do that. You 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 did too much to get Justin Fields. Like, yeah, well, he okay. is their first round draft. Pick, he, so. He's your first round guy. Yeah. If, if 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 that happens, then you've made a terrible mistake as a franchise, like drafting him. Yeah, yeah. Because you're basically saying, and Chicago doesn't have a good offensive line. Chicago doesn't have a run game. I mean, you're you're putting yourself in a bad spot. I don't know where Aaron Rodgers thinks he's going because he's not going to Denver because even if they keep Nathaniel Hackett, they're paying Russell Wilson all that money. Mm -hmm. So that's not going to happen. Maybe he's thinking San Francisco, although if Tom Brady doesn't, Retire, maybe Tom Brady goes to San Francisco, although they've told him no before, so I don't see that. But here's the thing with San Francisco. You got Trey Lance. You, you just you, not play exactly, him? Exactly. You would still... I didn't... That's why these teams have got to quit drafting a quarterback just for the sake of drafting a quarterback. Because you really need that quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is not going to Carolina because that's still a mess no matter who the quarterback is. Yeah. Maybe he looks at Detroit, who's actually on the periphery of a playoff spot, and says, hey, that's a big-time offense. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know. You look at the rest of the league, and you look at teams that you assume that there might be a question as to whether or not they're good with their guy, but none of those are places where you see Aaron Rodgers going. Like, he's not going to go somewhere to lose more games. Does Dallas... I, does Dallas take I was waiting for you to get to it because if you didn't because, say it, I was going to say it. Because you, you know, there's all these verbal bouquets for Mike McCarthy all of a sudden. Does Dallas take a peek? They could, especially if you're if you're peeking if you're if you're eyeing Odell Beckham. You want a quarterback that can throw, and I'm not saying that can't throw. Dak's accuracy isn't isn't. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' accuracy. Oh, no. He's no Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers is older, of course, but he's still Aaron Rodgers. Behind a good offensive lineman with a good run game and some good and some receivers, may not be the best in the league, but you got a C.D. Lamb, you got a Michael Gallup, True. possibly an Odell Beckham. And then behind Odell Beckham, you got a uh, Noah Brown. You got a group of tight ends. Yeah. That's with a great defense? Oh, that's paradise. True. That's, I, I yeah, mean. But you can move on from that. The, the only way From you a football perspective, you should. If, if Aaron Rodgers wants to come to Dallas, you should. But here's the problem. But you may re- here's the problem that Dallas is in right now, because they're re- gonna run into it with Dak anyways. 
Whether you got Aaron or you got Dak, eventually you're going to have to go draft a legitimate starting quarterback. Cooper Rush is not a legitimate starting quarterback in the NFL. Not going to happen. You're going to have to, but the problem is that they're winning too many games and they're not trading up in the draft to go get a guy like that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you, you had your chance in Mac Jones, which... Matt Jones is having his own problems, but that's a whole other situation in New England anyways because of that whole debacle with no offensive coordinator. So I'm not pinning all that on Matt Jones. But maybe Matt Jones would have been better in Dallas, not being the starting quarterback. Maybe, maybe See how it's you know, panning out now in Dallas. Possibly. Maybe he would have been better. And then, and then <laughs> whether it's Dak, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, Taking you to the promised land, you know we've got a legitimate quarterback waiting in the wings. Yeah. You know, maybe uh, one of these teams that has drafted a Matt Corral or somebody like that is willing to, to dump him. You know, may, may, maybe you can go do that because I still believe he's got the makings of a NFL quarterback. But you're not going to go get Bryce Young. You know, you're not getting these guys right. necessarily. Um so I, I just think that the, Dallas is kind of at that point with a quarterback position where maybe you do take a peek at Aaron Rodgers, but you have to do so with the with the knowledge now that now we've got to go find a guy who in the next three or four years could be a starting quarterback in the yeah. NFL. So, okay, that's a good point made there. But I'm a, just to be honest right here, I don't see Dallas getting rid of Dak. I just don't. Even though he's not the best quarterback. Okay, but if he doesn't win a Super Bowl in the this year, how do you justify that? I'm not saying you have but, to. Because Jim, I won't yeah, say that. You do. You've got Jimmy Johnson on national TV saying this is the best team Dallas has ever had outside of the quarterback position. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to. I mean, okay, I get what you're saying. but You're wasting careers here because of Dak Prescott. I, no, I won't say it's because of Dak Prescott. Because his, but, I, but listen, it's not just Dak Prescott. I mean, you have to look at. It's all about who you have and who they put, how they put themselves in position to win. And these, if you have any other quarterback last year, you beat San Francisco and you go to the Super Bowl, hands down. If you run the ball, you beat San Francisco. Okay, but you're not in that position necessarily with a different quarterback. With a different quarterback, okay. Yeah. It comes down to Dak is not... Now, he may win a Super Bowl this year just because that's how good that defense is. That's how good that run game is. But you're not winning a Super Bowl because of Dak Prescott. Yeah, no. And If I won't... you go get another quarterback, you may win because of your quarterback. Yeah. But I won't dare say that, that they're going to win because of Dak Prescott. But uh, I, that's what I'm saying, though. How do you justify not upgrading if you can? Yeah. But, okay, let's let's go back. Because if Jimmy uh, Jimmy Johnson said this is the best uh, Cowboys team he's seen. Yeah. And we all know he coached some of the greats and, and went back-to-back Super Bowls with these, these guys. Really went... Three in a row because Barry Switzer's Super Bowl is Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, um, well, they three three in a row. <laughs> if you look at it, Troy Aikman was a good, he was a good uh, quarterback. But you look at it, Dallas' run game was unstoppable. You had but that was a different NFL though. 
You yeah, were asking quarterbacks but, to win ball games back then. But that, that's now what I'm saying. Now you are. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Outside of everybody else in the NFL, that's Cowboys' identity. It's the run game. It's it's never really been the pass game. It's always been well, about and, the run. And I believe run the football, play good defense. But I also think that if you want to win that big game, you've got to have a quarterback that can go do it. Yeah. You you think about it. Cincinnati believes that they're in every ball game because of Joe Burrow. Kansas City believes that because of Patrick Mahomes. Buffalo believes that because of Josh Allen. Right now, Miami believes it because of Tua. Um, you, you look around, you know, Baltimore not necessarily because they have questions there. They're kind of in Dallas's spot there, just not as great of a defense. Uh, New York's in that situation because they have questions at the quarterback position with uh, Daniel Jones. Yeah. You know, Tampa Bay is the only reason they're even in a conversation, even though Tom Brady's not the man he used to be. Yeah. He's still Tom Brady. Um, you know, so you look around, you have all of these teams that believe that they're in every ball game because of who their quarterback is. Mm-hmm. If you're Dallas, you can't say that. If you get behind in a ball game, you think we may lose this ball game. Those other teams think okay, fine, give us two minutes and we're going to go down and score. Yeah. I mean, heck, Alabama thinks that with Bryce Young. You know, yeah. Bryce Young needs the field. You just assume he's going to win the ball game. Yeah. Well, and, okay. I'm not sold, I haven't been sold on, that Dallas and, and Kellen Moore have not figured out how to use that Prescott. Yeah. Um, because if you, if we go back to his rookie season, even though he's a rookie, you know, he, he's still learning the game, but you look at how he was running the more of a play action. He wasn't standing in the pocket and having to throw 10 times, you know, he was outside of the pocket. Either he was running or he was passing. He was tucking in and running or he was passing. He was on the move. He was outside the pocket. And I believe that's Dak Prescott's identity as a quarterback. Where they want him now, even though, yes, they have a good offensive line. Even though now they want him to stand in the pocket and, and throw. Well, that's not going to work. Because we seen yesterday, he doesn't, he's not good in a zone offense. Mm-hmm. You know, if his man, shoot, he can do it all day. He did it against, uh, he did it against um, New York, the Giants. On Thanksgiving Day, they kept blitzing, running man. Mm-hmm. All he did was pick them apart. Yeah. And then you look at what he did to Minnesota. Same thing. He picked them apart. Well, mostly Minnesota's because of the run game. But that's what I'm saying is Dallas offense, offensive identity is really built around the run, whether it be from a quarterback or running backs. It's built about around the run. And that's why you have the, that many tight ends and not that many receivers. Because your tight ends, if Dak is going to run, be on the run and outside that pocket, those tight ends are going to be close, and that's your deacon dunk. They can sit down on, a, on the first down yard, yard line, or wherever is that marker, and he can get it to them just mm-hmm. like that. But as long as he's standing in that pocket and he's playing zone, it's people around all moving. He... Just like what happened yesterday, he threw two interceptions. Yeah. You know? And partly that's not his fault because the receivers 
either, will fail. Yeah, that, that's true. But it is on Dak's field. His his field vision is not good. No. Until they drop back in zone, and he gets some double coverages or yeah. disguise coverages and things like that. Yeah. Well, that and that's what I'm saying. And that's you know, it's 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 not anything about Dak per se as not being able to throw the ball. It's about how he throws the ball. Yeah. Against what the type of defense. That's that's where that's where they have it is that's that's where Dak is because if he's moving outside the pocket okay that forces a linebacker or a safety to move and then that's leaving somebody open mm-hmm. and if I leave somebody open I can find that guy and get the ball to him that's where your offense because it's a play act you, you have to build around that he's not just standing in the pocket for ten plays and throw the ball he's just not. Mm-hmm. You you have to be you you have to look at who he is as a player. Well, I agree, and not as who, who they're trying to make him to be. That's why I think if you can upgrade, why wouldn't you upgrade? That's my thing. If you can, now you might not can. Maybe you're not in the market because for Aaron I, Rodgers. I'm, Maybe you're not in the market. For what I'm looking like. at is he's still young. <clears throat> That's I mean because like you said, you get an Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is on the brink of retirement. You get an Aaron Rodgers, you may win a good season. But then he's probably going to retire, and then you still got to go get another quarterback. So by the time you do that, it'd been best you just keep Dak Prescott, and See then that. draft a backup quarterback, a, a decent backup quarterback. Well, next what twenty nine, almost thirty. Yeah, yeah. But do we really believe that Dak's a quarterback that can play into his mid thirties successfully? Yes, uh, I do. I'm not saying he's going to be. He's not going to be on the Tom Brady level. But oh gosh, no. he's not going to be on the Patrick Mahomes level. But he, yeah, he's going to be able to play successfully into his thirties, well into his thirties if he wants to, wants to. We'll see. I, I just think that's something interesting to it, keep uh, an eye on. Yeah, I mean, it is. I think it's a good storyline. It depending on who becomes available. Yeah, there may not be somebody that you can be in the market in that you look and go, "That's an upgrade." But you for Dallas is what they're going to have to do, in which they've never done. They they they've looked up with Dak to be able for but is you gonna have to draft a legit backup quarterback? Not or maybe you go get Jimmy G as a backup. Possibly Coming off the broken yeah. foot, maybe he takes a backup deal. I don't know. Yeah, but you you're just going to have to now. Cooper Rush, Cooper Rush is is still I, Cooper Rush. I, I give him that. Listen, because they said something yesterday during the game that he went four and five. Yeah, you know. They, Dallas wouldn't be in the position they are today if it wasn't for Cooper Rush. That's true. He's a good soldier. But the, here's the difference between him and, let's say, Jimmy G. Jimmy G was leading them into a deep playoff run mm-hmm. in San Francisco. Because he's, he's not great, but he's all he does is win. You don't get that sense with Cooper Rush. No. With Cooper he, he Rush, it's like walking like on eggshells. Yeah. He can kind of keep you in it. But if he has to take over... That back half of the season where you've got to make a push to make the playoffs, not happen. Yeah, not happen. With 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 Cooper Rush, it's kind of like, okay, what's going to happen this game? You know. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, even though he went four and five, he did. Um, but it's it's just you're going to have to draft another decent backup quarterback, or not decent, but a good backup quarterback. Or else bring in, like you said, Jimmy G. Uh, it, it would not suffice to bring in Aaron Rodgers at this point because he's at the end of his career. Well, it would if you could win two or three Super Bowls. 
Aaron Rodgers don't have another two and three Super Bowls in him. He has one. I think if you build the right team around him, he he, he might. He got the right team around him, but I still say not he in has Green one. Bay. Well, in Green Bay, no. Even if he was ter- to go, if yeah. he was in Dallas, oh, that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. If he's in Dallas, going to get him, you may win a Super Bowl, but no, oh, I think you win two. I think you win. I, okay, I, granted, he wins two, but three, no, he doesn't have it in him. I don't see why not. I don't Aaron Rodgers has not digressed. Tom Brady has digressed. Aaron Rodgers is not. Aaron Rodgers is just... Russell Wilson has digressed. Aaron Rodgers is just surrounded by a really bad football team. The arm strength's still there. He still makes it look as easy as anybody has ever made quarterbacking look. I I just don't see the physical digression with Aaron Rodgers that you see with some of these other guys. I, I, I could be wrong, but I could see where if you could give him a two-year, maybe a three-year deal, why the heck not? Because you've got one of the the premier quarterbacks. You're America's football team. Maybe you do bring in Odell Beckham Jr. You've got Michael Gallup. You've got Silence of the CD Lamb over there. Yeah. You know, you've got all of the, and you've got a good run game. Now, you, now you could have an offense, and he wants to play for Mike McCarthy desperately. Now you've got the best of both worlds. Because now you could beat somebody deep or you could beat them on the football. And hey, maybe you get the good old days of Green Bay and McCarthy says, you know what, I'll call the plays. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kellen. But I got my guy. In the words of Deion Sayers, I got my own luggage. <laughs> this is trash. Get <laughs> off. <laughs> It was a point in that game yesterday. I was watching it. I was like, if I was if I was Mike McCarthy, I said I'd go to Jerry and say, "Listen, either you gonna get rid of me or you gonna get rid of him." Yeah, like it's yeah, I can't. I, I I I cannot coach stand by and coach beside <laughs> this guy as he literally throws this game away. He gives me a mini heart attack yes. every down. Like, like you never know what he's gonna run. He's not gonna run it, but you never know what he's gonna call. <laughs> He's doing everything else but wanting to run. I, I just think it could be an interesting deal. It may not happen. I just think it's worth watching. Yeah. So, Major League Baseball starting to heat up. Winter meetings start today. But before the winter meetings, my Texas Rangers, baby. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, hey, yeah. clap for the Texas Rangers. Clap for the Texas Rangers. I got... That's all I got. They're not they, my team. I'm they, a Yankees They fan. bring in Jacob DeGrom, the ace from New York, uh, out, away from the Mets. He comes on down. We're going to keep on piling on. We got all this money to spend. Texas is back, baby. We need a couple, or, hey, you know, some more yeah. pitching, but we get some more pitching. We're we're right back in this Hey, thing. listen, good we, for y'all. I mean, yeah, we've got our dude. Good. We've got our dude. Like I said, I'm not against the Texans. I'm just not a fan. Speaking of your New York Yankees. Okay. Yeah. Aaron Judge is now stating he wants a nine-year contract. The Yankees had previously offered him, I believe, a seven-year deal at $325 million. A lot of extra, too. So he is probably not going to stay in New York. For Aaron Judge, listen, man, I mean, he's a great player. I mean, he can hit, but at the same time, you don't want to bite off more than you can chew. With Okay, him. but here's the problem. If you're New York, you've got nobody. Without him, Gene Carlos Stanton is... Down the tubes. Okay, well, that lineup is not great. Garrett Cole pitched more pedestrian than we've ever seen in his entire career. You don't have a great closer. 
Aaron Boone is a questionable, making some questionable decisions. Yeah. You know, in the man, I, I, to me, if you're the Yankees, you do you have to sign your best guy. You have to. You may regret the last half of that contract, but just for the sake of the next couple of years, you've got to. I'm just but but. What was wrong with why the why the the the, the two year add on why couldn't just didn't take the seven year? That's what I want. That's what I, I'm asking is, what was wrong with the seven year three hundred something million dollars? I mean, because it all comes down to I don't think he wants to stay in New York. So it's like he's trying to get them to force. She's trying to force the either hand. pay up and do exactly what I say or it's going to look bad on you because you didn't know what I said. But I'm not the bad guy for leaving New York. Aaron Judge did great throughout the season until he got to playoff time. He didn't show up at all. Yeah, that was terrible. But, I, granted, neither did Roger Maris the year that he broke No, yeah, record. well, no, okay. And, and to be fair, it kind of be a little bit more lenient on Aaron Judge. Nobody for the Yankees showed up in playoff time. It just wasn't him. That lineup that, is so bad, though. Yeah, and, and they, they, they highly disappointed me in the playoff because I thought, okay, they're gonna come in and they're gonna, you know, be able to dominate. I thought that really they were gonna no. win out, but he went into a, sl- a slump at the worst time of the season. Yep. Nobody else stepped up. He got exposed in that yeah. series with Cleveland. I mean, exposed. Yeah. And nobody else stepped up. That's not with that. Just with not with that happening with him. Not just that, but it was also the fact nobody else is like, okay, our guys in the slump. We gotta step up. And we gotta hit some balls. Rizzo didn't. Giancarlo Stanton. No, nobody. No, but nobody stepped up for the in, in that in that Yankees position. To say, okay, we're gonna pick up where he left off, and that's what killed that 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 season. There's nobody stepped up to the plate. No, nope. not at all. And that's what that's what's disappointing to me. It's not it's not so much Aaron Judge, but as a team, nobody else picked up the load, man. And that that's not a good ro- a great roster over in New York. I mean, that may be enough to win the AL East, uh, but that's not a great roster. I, I mean, I I think it's more than just Aaron Judge. I think for publicity's sake, you have to bring him back, but that you need to address some some other issues there. Uh, but I, I'm loving what the Rangers are doing. This is the time of year where things pick up in free agency, especially this week. You're going to see a lot of deals made, a lot of money thrown around. Keep an eye on it. Uh, hey, this is what's an exciting time for sports. You're coming into the back half of the NFL. NBA's really starting to kind of heat up. Mm-hmm. Baseball, you got all these signings going on. College football playoffs coming up. College basketball is going to start picking up here. Yeah. Good time to be a sports fan. Yeah. Texas high school football closing out. Uh, high school basketball kicking up. We're starting our coverage there. Be looking for some content tomorrow from Mount Pleasant versus uh, Mount Pleasant Chapel Hill, correct? No. Oh, no, uh, Mount Pleasant plays Bullard. Tomorrow. Bullard, I'm sorry, Bullard. A really good Bullard team. And so uh, be looking for some content from that game on uh, good old sports underscore. Uh, East Texas. East Tex, actually. It's uh, East uh, TX. And that's going to be on our TikTok page. Yeah. And so be looking for that. Good time to be a sports fan. Yeah. And uh, we've covered a lot of ground. Yeah, man. A lot of ground. It's it's a lot. It's starting to get juicy now, man. It's starting and, to get juicy. If, a lot of meat. 
If you are on that playoff committee, Alabama should still be rolling with the tide. He's not going to let this go. No. It's a rip I'm fine because my, my Longhorns, you know, they it wasn't a fluke, but they weren't. I'm not letting turn it go. Out. I'm not letting it go. Nick Saban made college football what it is, and you're going to disrespect that man by having him in a New Year's <laughs> 6 bowl game. <laughs> it's not even about the team. It's about disrespecting Nick Saban. <laughs> yeah. To me, that's just... <laughs> And you're gonna let Slappy Ryan Day? Hey, listen. This is blasphemy to him. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh was right. Some guys are sitting on third and think they hit a triple. Yeah. Whatever. This is blasphemous to him. You want to destroy college football? Go right ahead. Stephen, it's blasphemy. This is blasphemy. How how dare you disrespect the goat of all time, Nick Saban? Roll time. All right. Mm-hmm. Have a great rest of your week. Y'all be safe, stay warm. Keep up with all of our stuff. Yes. More content. And if you're in the area, remember what we told you. Even if, if you're you not. Go see Carthage play. Go see Carthage. Go see Carthage play. Have a great one. Peace.